Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And in honor of our guest from RuPaul's Pod Race again, we are doing genders this week. So uh, before other introductions, Bradley, what is your gender this week? My gender this week is Thranto. Is that what we're going to call it? I don't even know if that's how you call their ship name, but that's my that's my gender. Oh, trust me, trust me, Bradley. I I found a Threxpert to join us this week. Okay. okay. <laughs> what's will, a Threxpert? Wait, wait, it's a, it's a Thrawn expert. Perfect. Okay. Cool. Moving. So don't moving worry. On. Your inadequacies have been compensated for. It truly, I am thinking many steps ahead, rather like a certain blue strategist mm, <laughs> not ah, saying yes. i am on par with ron but i am also gay and my boyfriend is also shorter than me we're <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> off to a great start <laughs> i'm your other host charles rogers and my gender this week does not come from Thrawn. it comes from a certain point of view which i have been reading and it is the credo of gold squadron you fly your run and hit what you can, which I feel adequately describes both how I live my life and how we record these episodes. Stop. <laughs> Hi, I'm Claudia. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts of Roop Helps Pod Race. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia Says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A Says. My gender this week is, this is a Thrawn episode. It is... Um, Thranto canon in the Lego dub. Um, <laughs> there's about seven layers you need to understand I, that. But I get this. I understand. Why do I understand this entire joke? Sadly. I understand this entire joke. <laughs> I hate that Bradley's Bradley's at the Zoom call. Like, what the fuck are you? All right, with? all right. Let me break this down. Okay. First of all, I have a set of earrings. Um, I'm I forgot. Um who the TikTok creator is who makes these who makes these but you can get like um Star Wars Lego earrings um and she makes uh she has Thrawn ones and I have the 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 Thrawn uh Lego earrings and I I'm not wearing them today but it's very sad and that made me think oh when am I gonna get Lego Thranto and then this is the connection this is where my, the seven hops my brain went through is that um people have been talking about how in the Lego Skywalker game Lego Skywalker Saga game. Um, they made Finn Poe canon uh, because they had uh, Finn jump out of Rose's arms and into uh, Poe's arms, and everyone was like, "Oh, canon!" And then there's a scene where uh, Luke is in Obi Wan's like hut at the beginning of A New Hope, and there's a there's a like a painting on the wall um, that's just like a picture of Obi Wan and Cody celebrating with all the clones behind them, and they're like, oh. "And so everyone has been like Finn Poe and Cody Wan canon in Lego." So that's been like a whole thing. But then the joke everyone has been making, and this has now become a meme that people use for everything, is canon in the X dub. Now, this is where Supernatural comes in, unfortunately. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> what? Hi, I am also the co-host of a mystery spot cast, um, a rewatch, a rewatch of Supernatural so that no one ever has to watch that show because you shouldn't watch it ever. We will tell you what happens. Uh, we will suffer through it again. So anyway, so if you didn't know, um, Supernatural is known on is known as the greatest queer bait of all time. Um, yes. In the, in the greatest in the greatest <laughs> twist of all time, um, they did actually make 
the stupid little angel gay. Um, but then they immediately sent him to super hell after he said, I love you to another man. And it's quite possibly one of the, it was the craziest day possibly of my life. I was working in news in the, um, during the 2020 election and then found out Destiel was canon. So it was a lot for me. What happened, but then what occurred was that uh, Dean never says I love you back, whatever it had. They then have the worst series finale ever. And then the show comes out in other countries and is dubbed in other countries. And people in other countries notice that in Spanish, they didn't say te quiero. He says uh, te amo. I I think. Oh no no. He, I'm sorry. That's the other one. He says yo a ti Cass. Sorry. <laughs> wow, I'm a fake fucking fan. Basically, he said in in Spanish, uh, Dean says I love you back, uh, but he doesn't say that in English. And there's there were many debates over whether this was a localization, um, fuck up or whatever it is. But then it became Destiello's canon only in the Spanish dub, <laughs> which has now become. An ongoing joke. This has several several layers. You know, the reason that I, I mix it up with the other one was that I am also a fan of the uh, Tangled series. And in that one, they also made them only canon in the Spanish dub. Um, and that character, her name is also Cass. So there's some layers there. She says te amo instead of te quiero. And, and it's canon. In, so canon in the Spanish dub is a lot. And so then, of course, when it, when this happened in the in when, when we got Finpo in the Lego, when it said in the Lego dub. Anyway. Welcome. Th- those are the eight steps that, to explain that. I, you took us on a journey just yeah, now. It's, it's I'm looking real... at the clock. It's like five minutes in, and that was a layer <laughs> after layer yeah. after layer of your gender. I was like, what is happening? And unfortunately, it does always involve Destiel. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I literally, I, I have down in my, my itinerary, I was like, I'm going to give Claudia a chance to talk about her podcast. And somehow, she oh, I think we know what the podcast is about. The spectrum of gay Star Wars to supernatural. She's only missing a Tangled podcast. Do not get any ideas, Claudia. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't talk about Tangled around oh me. I, I will become. I will become a menace to society. Anyway, um, yeah. Um, when when do I get Thrawn in the Lego Skywalker saga, and when do I get to see him? kiss uh lego eli van Hull in the mouth that's those are my questions that, that is an this excellent series of questions <laughs> i was gonna say if you weren't sure what this episode was about <laughs> it's about the blue man <laughs> yeah uh i i have to say that you know i get to start every week uh on monday with one of my favorite queer star wars podcasts repops pod race and then on tuesday bi-weekly I get to continue the week with one of my least favorite podcasts I listen to, the Mystery Spotcast, because it reminds me Supernatural exists. I'm so sorry. That was, that was a part of my life that I didn't think I needed to revisit, but I am actually going back and watching the episodes now. As the Oh, Mystery no. Podcast. No, no, you're not. Why? No. I'm doing like, it so you don't funny. have to. No. Oh, no, I'm, I'm doing it again. I'm doing no. it again specifically. That's it's awesome. to give myself the emotional closure. <laughs> You're I like, I'm never going to watch it again after this. I am not going to lie to you. I'm never going to watch it again. It does feel like hitting yourself over the head with a brick. <laughs> it does. Because it, oh here's the thing, right? I'm, I'm 31. I was in high school. I know I'm ancient in gay years. I was in high school. When seasons around three-ish was when I got into it. I was like a 
Damn. Sophomore in high school? I was late to the A game. What more? Freshman in high school? Or so, it was around season three, and I watched seasons three to five all the way up to the... You experienced Castiel in real time. I experienced Castiel in real time. Oh my and, God, I, I, was, and I was late. On top of that, after season five aired, I think it was the summer after season five aired, the winter after season five aired, I went to a Supernatural convention. No. I got dragged along what? with a couple of friends of mine. Okay. So in have between cos- five and six, have I, I actually went. Dean? Yeah, but I've never been with a Supernatural convention. I have that- been. I have been. Now, I fortunately, fortunately, season six came out uh, and immediately turned me off to it. I went, oh. nope, I'm just going to pretend everything after season five didn't happen. Uh, sadly, I I did start watching when I believe season eight was airing. I I I, I was of the Super Who Lock, and I had done the Super Unlock. Or I'm sorry, I had done the Who Unlock, and uh, I was a senior in high school going into college. And I was like, I guess now it's time to watch Supernatural. So please imagine me going into college, having spent the entire last semester of high school and all of summer watching nothing but the first eight seasons of supernatural um and then in my first semester at college i was finishing up those first eight seasons please imagine the cringiest supernatural fan you can imagine being the person that you meet as a freshman in college um that was me uh it was real bad Um, that's really funny See, Anyways, if, if uh, only if only we'd all just stuck to Star Wars, the least cringy of all. I fans. hadn't even seen the Clone Wars yet. I just want to put it out there. I have always been a Star Wars fan, but I did not watch it until I left college. I was deep. I was unfortunately deep, deep in the I, who lock era. <laughs> I actively, I actively avoided the Clone Wars and like jumped over not to do Super because I'd already put Super behind me. But I did do go through like a Hulak era. Doctor Who was uh, actually good though. We'll never reveal we'll never reveal what my Tumblr was uh during those years because it is frankly very embarrassing. I mean uh, and I'd like I still have the URL I made in the tenth grade, so uh yeah, I was I was adamantly against the Clone Wars uh because I was a toxic fan at one point. <gasps> Fandom menace reveal? <laughs> This is not a reveal. I am quite fond of telling the story that, uh, hey, shitty men on the internet, uh, if you listen to other people and be empathetic, you can change your views on things and be a less shitty person. This is a thing you're allowed to do. No one is going to hate you for it. No, I did not like the movie. I was super mad that I'd invested like three years. It was George Lucas saying, I'm going to ignore all the books and comics and games and just do whatever I want. That this man, this it's truly, I was the fandom. I was the, why are they erasing the EU? To be fair, to be fair. If if Dave Filoni does that with Thrawn's characterization in the Ahsoka series, I will become that person. (laughs) Uh You know, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> I will also. Fortunately, fortunately, uh, I grew up and out of that and can now blissfully enjoy the new canon uh, and the old canon both. And my relationship with canon is much healthier. 
And my review of the Clone Wars movie that I potentially would have written when I was 18 years old uh, never saw the light of day. Oh my god. This is this is funny because Mel actually had never seen it until recently, and that's why they did a solo watch. because uh, Mel had seen the whole Clone Wars but had never seen the movie. And it was very funny. I listened to them do their, their live commentary with Ollie. And uh it was just it was very funny because I was like, oh, there's some people who've never seen it. Like <laughs> It is strange. We are in this weird era of people who just haven't seen the prequels. They just it's not something they either A care about or B, they're just they just were too young, I guess, which is so weird to say, too young to have seen it. Yeah, welcome, <laughs> so. welcome to passing the age of twenty-five, Brad, Bradley, well, whose age I actually right. know. I just but it's like whole... the Force Awakens. That's like that's their dis. That's their Star Wars. It's just yeah. weird. I just did a whole episode with Mel and with Noah, who are both twenty-one years old, and I had to realize in real time that they are older. They are. They are younger than the existence of Weird Al Yankovic's The Saga Begins, and that was I really listened, hard for me. I listened to that episode, um, and I specifically remember you stating that line. I was walking from my office <laughs> to the Starbucks, and you brought that up, and I stopped walking. I like, I for like this a, is a second. Lot for me. <laughs> I was like, "This is this is a lot." But fun fact about me actually is like. One of the first EU books that I ever read that got me into like the expanded universe and Claudia, you can't see this because of my angle, but I actually have like all of my EU books on like a bookshelf behind me. Not this top rack. This is the High Republic where it belongs on the top. Oh my! I was like, oh my God, I'm the highest one. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> that's so the highest. funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but was actually uh, Outbound Flight which was my for real for real was one of the first EU novels I picked up and read. So that was my introduction to the subject of today's episode that 15 minutes later, I have forcibly dragged us back to. That makes sense. How do you pronounce that bitch's name? Is it Chowboff? How do you say it? Uh, <laughs> Joris Cabalf? Well, there's Joris Kabalth, and then there's Jorus Kabalth, and they're two different characters. No, it's it's Joris, it's Cardas, isn't it? Oh, George Cardas. And then there's 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 Joris Kabalth and George Cardas. Timothy's on. What crap were you smoking? (laughs) (laughs) Bradley's Uh, giving us a look at the Zoom call, like. What the fuck? Yeah, these sound they sound like Superman names. They're like Jor El, Cal El. Like, what? What is this? To be fair, I have not read all of all so, of Outbound Flight. So. George George Cardas is like the proto Eli Vanto. Okay, Eli, like, Eli Vanto is like him and Pelion basically combined. Right. So if if George Cardas and Gilad Pelion fucked, <laughs> the baby, the baby <laughs> would. <laughs> The baby would be Eli Vanto. Uh, and be dating <laughs> Yes, our subject for today is Thrawn. Uh, specifically <laughs> okay. the Thrawn books. Gotcha. Uh, Bradley, for a year, we have had character development on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We have had character development because Bradley could not read a book to save his life when we started. And I bullied him for a year. <laughs> On this show. Bradley, I I just want to say, I just want to say this. I was not reading at all until I was like, I'm going to do a Star Wars canon run, like in like 
2018, so I'm with you. And it took me a really long time before I was like, oh, I can listen to audiobooks. And I was like, ah, shit, I can read. And I'm not. Oh, gonna, we got him. And I am. I'm not gonna fuck with you though. Right now, I'm trying to read Alphabet Squadron. I'm, I'm not loving it, but that's that's my personal opinion, whatever. However, this is the second time I have tried to read it. The first time I tried to listen to it in 2020, and I'm reading it now, and I'm realizing I don't remember any of it. Um, so you struggling, struggling to read, like struggling to read or whatever. I understand. I understand. I will. Much. I will preface with. I literally, I'm not even kidding you. Like when I was in, I want to say sixth grade or something, that was like the prime of my reading like skill. Like I used to read books like in a fucking day because that was what you did back then. Like people were like, if you don't read it, you're going to, you're not going to know what's going to happen. And everybody else in the class is going to fucking tell you, you know, whatever happens in all these fucking stupid ass books. And I was like, well, I'm going to read this fucking Harry Potter book in like one day. I'm going to read this fucking Twilight book in like one day. And I'm like, you know, and I don't even I like six the books. maximum ride books to get through. Come on, let's yeah, go. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm literally, it was so funny. And literally, I will tell you, I literally, once I got to high school, I genuinely stopped reading books and I, unless they were for class, which fuck, you know, those books, every single book that you ever read in class is stupid, but and I never read them. I always read the summary online. Um, and I still, read this them. explains many things. Um, cause I just, it just was so boring to me, most of these books. And so it turned me off to reading for such a long time. I, I didn't read all through college and literally, honestly, it was the beginning of this year, basically. So January is when I kind of started doing the audiobooks, and I, enjoy it when I'm driving in the car and I can listen to the audiobook or if I'm sitting in my room and I'm doing you know cleaning or whatever I can listen to the book it's so fucking nice to just kind of do it but what's funny is I listen to it at a sped up speed which oh, I, I think is probably 1.75 times yeah yeah same. Through that bitch. so I I listen to the books at a rapid speed because I I my brain processes faster I guess like when I read it faster like I if I sit down and read something like word for word I have to go back and reread the same paragraph over again because I feel like I miss something or I get confused or whatever and yeah. so when I read it when I listen to it at a higher speed I can process the information much faster. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say also, I like one thing, because I, I was kind of like you where I, I was a really, really avid reader and I read all, all through high school, but then I hit college and not only did I burn out, <laughs> uh, but I also, I was, a, I did a lot of things like that involved reading whatever for in college and whatever. So I, and I could barely do my homework. So I, I, I just stopped reading. And then because I was a Tumblr bitch, I got real into audio fiction podcasts. So that's like kind of where, other than television, that's kind of where I went. And so I wasn't reading a lot. Um, and then, so like I, I, I never, I never had considered audiobooks until, and so then when I wanted to read the Star Wars books, I was like, oh, I'm gonna check them out from the library and read the actual book. And I, I started plowing through them, but it was like, it was still a thing. I had to go to the library to get it or whatever. And then I was like, oh, I can just listen to these audiobooks. I can plow through this shit. But the thing that that really made it click for me, and that's something like, I'm in this, I'm in this Star Wars book, um, Facebook group on on Facebook, and it's it's something else. Um, but just in general, like, for some of these Star Wars books, especially, or for just like, I know people on TikTok have been complaining about like, oh, I tried to read Dune or something, or whatever, like. And I we're talking about Thrawn today. This is very big with Thrawn as, as well, where there's like there's all these like weird fucking plot points and battles and shit where you're like, I, I don't understand what's going on. The thing I love about audiobooks is that you can just kind of listen to it and let it wash over you. 
and it's okay and like you're gonna you're gonna absorb the parts that are important um and you don't have to be sitting there looking at the page like oh fuck I don't understand I gotta go back who was that I don't know whatever you're just listening and you're like I don't fucking remember who that is anyway like keep it pushing and like and if it's good writing which Timothy's on is you'll be fine you're right. you're fine um 100%. and and especially with Star Wars books like I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm Gucci I'm whatever I'm, I'm like sometimes if I'm engaging with the with like chiss twitter or something whatever i'm like i don't fucking remember what the fuck that was or whatever like that's the only time like that it's gonna get me or whatever but it really has like helped my my enjoyment of books overall is that i can just like let the entertainment wash over me and then go and then and then not worry about like am i understanding it is it whatever i'm like i i'm just letting the story hit me um and I think that's a, that's a big thing that I, I've seen a lot of people like complain about online or whatever. And they're like, it's hard. It's whatever. I'm like, you're thinking too hard. Just just read it. Just either read it or listen to it or whatever and see what you glean from it. It's not that deep. It, it's fine. Um, yeah, I also got a little phone. I got a little phone game addiction because I can't listen to them without doing something with my hands or else I can't pay attention. So yeah. I have a Candy Crush addiction. What ended up happening, because, Bradley, I kind of bullied you half as a joke. (laughs) Right. But, like, there was an understanding that, yeah, Bradley just genuinely has tried reading these books and didn't enjoy it very much. And what happened was, so I have what we call around these parts, High Republic Brain Rot. So true. So true. Like, it it is the brain worms that have infested in my brain. And because I'm obsessed with the books... I started listening to the audiobooks. Oh, they're so those. Yes and that's when I started mentioning to Bradley, hey, maybe it would be better if you got into the audiobooks. Maybe this would be easier for you. And he was telling me, you know, mm, now not really feeling it. Have you listened to our Book of Boba episode that Mel was on? Uh, no, I have not yet. I'm very bad. That is fair. I, this will be the second time in as many weeks that I've told this story because I told the story on Divas Unleashed, but it's easily the shadiest bitch thing that Bradley has ever done to me. <laughs> so I'm over here recommending these audiobooks to Bradley. And he's like, uh, which one did you read first, Bradley? Was it Light of the Jedi or Thrawn? Um, I read Thrawn and Light of the Jedi kind of back to back. Okay. That's quite the so mix. So he he sneak he goes and reads Thrawn and then Light of the Jedi. Does not tell me he's doing this. We record multiple episodes of Gold Squadron Gaze where I talk about the High Republic. Listeners, a peek behind the curtain. Our video is on when we record these. We can see each other's faces. Bradley is sitting here stone-assed poker face. I'm sitting here making jokes about Lorna D. And then being like, Bradley, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but it's fine. Stone face like he is right now in the Zoom call. (laughs) Just (laughs) waits until two days before the episode Mel is going to be on. Sends me a message is like, hey, by the way, I read Light of the Jedi. I listened to it on audiobook. I'm like, God fucking damn it, Bradley. Are you kidding me? Damn. That's I was so like, cool. okay, okay, breathe. Mel damn. also has High Republic brain rot. Yeah, Mel is it's the fine. person. We can talk who... about it with them. We can talk about it with yeah. them. Then this motherfucker waits until we are live. 
we are literally recording and I make a comment like, oh, you know, you really should try Thrawn now because I really think you'd like it. And he goes, yeah, I know I'd like it. And you know how I know I'd like it? Because I've already read it. Damn, that's... I'm like... Mel, that's, a, Mel, that's a Thrawn move. <laughs> Mel said, Mel said it's yeah, exactly. Monroe, and I'm like, damn, they are right. I can't even fault him for this. It's like that's... the... The perfect revenge to a year of bullying. To be, to be fair, I, if they I was the last person in Repelps to read the High Republic. They all bullied me because I was I was trying to like catch Correctly. up on. I was trying to I I've been doing a canon run for a while and I was doing like the main run of the comics and stuff and I was like mid doing that so I was like I can't like stop and go back to the High Republic. I got to get to a stopping place and whatever. And I was like doing a lot of shit, and so then it got to like November of last year and then i was like fine i'll do it and then i speed ran all of it and they were like oh finally you're here <laughs> like sorry right join us in join us in hell uh, yeah i was like bradley how the fuck do you how mentally how do you how do you do thrawn and light of the jedi at the same time that's that's so much <laughs> It was definitely a different experience. I will oh say that, like, God. because I did, so I did read Thrawn first um, because I already have the paperback version that I've, I've just always had it. I just never read it because I couldn't really, I mean, I'd read the first five or so chapters in there before, but I couldn't ever really get past that because I literally fall asleep when I'm reading like a physical copy of a book. Yeah. And so I was like, I can't do this. So when I finally just said, fuck it, I'll just do the Amazon, the free, like the, you get two credits or whatever, and then you get to pick two books. So I picked Thrawn and Light of the Jedi because, you know, he talks about it all the fucking time. And I was like, well, I don't even know if I'll like any of these books. So who cares, right? So I went with Thrawn because I knew I would enjoy that because one, I fucking love Thrawn as a character and I've always loved him as a character ever since Rebels. Um, so I knew this was more of just going to enhance my joy of Thrawn if anything, it was just going to give me like a waste of like, what, 12 hours to read the book or, or however long it took to read the audiobook. And I read it and I was like, wow, this is really good. It's like Sherlock Holmes in space and it's amazing or whatever. But then it was like, okay, that was fun. And I'll, I'll talk to him about that soon. But now I need to read this stupid book about fucking prequel of the prequels. And so he'll get off my jock about this these all these random hoes who are making out with each other and all this stuff and they're jedis or whatever and i was shout like shout out to elzar man <laughs> shout out to elzar man <laughs> shout out to him <laughs> our icon and cantum sai of course <laughs> uh, of course cantum sai my beloved um but i read light of jedi and i liked it um because i think i told and i told charles this once before but i can talk about it a little bit here is that it was the voice acting in Mark the, Thompson. The, Mark Thompson doing the voices. I, there's something about his voice work or something that he does that just gets me. Like I, I can see it happening in my brain, and I just understand what the characters look like or what they're doing without having to look up. Oh, what is this species of you know whatever? Like I, I visually I can just see what they look like. I don't have to look up the concept art. I don't have to do any of that stuff. So yeah, especially with especially with the Thrawn books because they have so many different like species of characters, especially in the the Ascendancy books, which you haven't read yet. Mm -hmm. Um, he's doing he's doing he's putting in the work. Right. The Ascendancy <laughs> the Ascendancy books caused me problems at the first 
to keep up because I, I follow what the fuck is going on i follow all of the co-hosts of rupalp's pod race on twitter and they're constantly bouncing back and forth while the ascendancy books are coming out with the zodalax and all of these different families i'm like what the fuck are you on about to be fair, so i also- started reading it and i'm like what the fuck are they on about <laughs> To be fair, also when you read the audiobooks, I don't know how anything is spelled, and I don't know how, like, I know how it's pronounced, but, like, I don't know how anything is spelled or whatever, so then I, like, I had to connect, like, what they're saying on Tumblr and on Twitter to, like, what's in the, th- what's in the, I was like, oh, that's how you spell the patatis? I didn't know that. Like, there's a, there's a, like, it's, it's rough in here. I'm like, oh, that's how you spell Zayna, shit. <laughs> oh, my lord. <laughs> yeah, I read them at the same time, it was great. 30 minutes into the episode, uh, that's as good a segue as any. Right. Uh, to my second bullet point. <laughs> Bradley, what did you think of, we're going to cover, we're going to do all three books today, but I want to awesome. ask, what did you think of the first Thrawn novel? Uh, specifically, uh, the gay romance between Eli Vanto and uh, Mitthron Dorodo. Okay. So here's my issue. I don't know. I, I am so not like, I can't be biased in this conversation because I don't know if I'm projecting or if this is truly how it is written or audio sounding. Because when I listen to this goddamn book, I swear to the Lord that Eli Vanto is the gayest character that has literally, ever been written literally. in Claudia's Star Wars canon. Out. Other than Luke Skywalker himself. <laughs> genuinely though. heir to like, the jedi heir to everything. the jedi my enemy you did not happen i legitimately i i made a tiktok about this a while ago i was like timmy's on how how could you simultaneously straight wash luke skywalker but then create the character of eli, eli vanto and and write the love story of with thrawn and eli that you did like yeah. Did no, you just, like, start hanging out with a lot of gay people? Like, what happened? So, Heir, Heir to the Jedi Heir to the Jedi is a canon novel. It wasn't written by Timothy Zahn, but it's the one single, because it was a Legends novel that they repurposed. This is a little oh, sidebar. I'm, I'm thinking so, of the, I'm thinking, thinking of, of I'm Heir to the book. Empire. Heir to the Empire and Heir to the Jedi I have read, and that book, I hate that book. <laughs> I, I have read that one. Look, look, Luke Skywalker is 19 years old, and he made a mistake. Oh, it's okay. absolutely, absolutely. Fine. It's fine. He figured it out later in life. I struggle to explain to people who haven't read Thrawn. I know that it's easy to look at Thranto fans and be like, they're reading into it. You need to understand this book is written like a romance novel. Here, okay. I, here's my here's my definitive proof. Number one, I have a friend who the way that we are about Star Wars, she is about like Sherlock Holmes lore, like all the different adaptations, whatever. And I said to her, I was like, listen, you don't have to know anything about about Star Wars. I'm sure you've just seen the movies, whatever. I need you to read this book. You just read Thrawn 2017. I just need you to read this and I need you to give me my my thoughts. Is it a a good Sherlock Holmes adaptation? Is it just Sherlock Holmes in space? Is it as gay as I think it is? I just need your objective opinion. Please read this. She was like, really? I was like, just read it. Just read it. Whatever. She comes back to me and she's like, wow, this really is a Sherlock Holmes adaptation. Like, there's definitely, like, there are specific references, like, with the art and, like, all this kind of stuff, whatever. And then she was like, 
oh yeah and it is definitely as gay as the gayest and then she she starts talking about shit that i don't know and like and you know different parts of the the sherlock holmes canon of adaptation and and the gay the gayishness of it as it goes on whatever and i was like so i've got we've got that going for us just whatever like she is completely on board with ranto she doesn't know jack shit about star wars whatever but she's like this is as gay as sherlock holmes has always been um and whatever and i'm like okay wonderful amazing and then I decided because I was like, maybe I'm crazy. I thought the same fucking thing that you did. I was like, maybe I'm fucking crazy, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes I, I check out this. the If you go on Libby and you check out Throne 2017 and they have like the sam- – you just get the sample. The sample's like, I don't know, the first two chapters or whatever, which also – those are the, the first two chapters make me feel fucking insane because that's like – it's the equivalent of like a meet cute from a romance novel. I mean, other than like the whole part in the on the on the planet or whatever, but like <laughs> other than that, there, there's a lot of stuff in there where you're like, like the way that he introduces it, and he's like, it's very Jane Austen. So <laughs> you're um, so I took quotes from that and I put it on TikTok, and I was like, okay, can someone please get this to romance novel TikTok? You don't need to know anything about Star Wars. I need your objective opinion. Please read this and tell me, am I fucking crazy? Does this read like a ro- like the introduction of a romantic interest? I have to know. And people were like, oh yeah, absolutely. And I was like, okay, I'm not fucking crazy. You're not insane. It really does. Like when it opens with him going, <laughs> with him being like, he thought his life was going to go one way. And then like, and then he was like, and then his life was like forever changed. Like, when I'm when I met this one man Eli Van, so I'm like, and you wrote that in your fucking diary. You wrote that in your fucking diary about your. You dis- wrote that in your diary that you gave to Eli at the uh, end of the book. Yeah, here's here's the other piece, and especially when you read the ascendancy books, this is this is the other. So this is really it's really funny that you guys asked me on to do this because I have a friend who wrote a wrote a Din Luke fan fiction that literally changed the way I think about the Force and Star Wars. Whether or not you like Din Luke, um, this fic was like fucking crazy bananas. She's a really good writer. But I finally got her to read the Thrawn books and she has been live texting me as they, as she goes through and being like, oh, you were right. It is as gay as I thought it was. You're not crazy. Everyone has this realization. She's been like sending me stuff and she finally got to the Ascendancy books. And the whole time I've been telling her and I'm like, here's the thing. The more you learn about Thrawn, the more like even when Eli isn't there, the more them being together makes sense. There's things, there's parallels, there's whatever. And then she starts reading the other books and she was like, she's live texting me things. And she's like, oh my God, even the, even the ascendancy, it, it, it all comes. I'm like, exactly, exactly. So it's, 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 you're not, you're not alone in this. Um, yeah. And you're not crazy. And <laughs> Thank um, God. I've been on a kick recently because I've also, I've not been doing a, a necessarily like a canon run beginning to end. I've just been reading everything I can get my hands on because my job that I've been working for the past year that's about to end has afforded me a lot of free time to do it. And I've not been, I'm not, I don't know what my next job is going to be. So I'm frantically trying to finish reading all these novels. But my other big kick is I've been trying to go back and read a bunch of like gay literature that's come out recently gay ya uh shout out to red white and royal blue that was the one that i read on the plane that i said i was gonna mention in the first book episode uh just the hospital scene thank you authors who have actually watched a star wars movie and comprehend (laughs) the plot instead of just throwing the reference in there uh 
Amazing. Bless you for that. I have not read a novel that reaches the level of sheer romance that is it. Thrawn twenty. You hold my you hold my life in your hand. What the fuck? Oh, oh my God, Bradley. Have you read the Thrawn comic? Because that's the Thrawn comic is an adaptation of the first novel, so it does make this worse. Because you finally do get to see Eli Vanto's face, and yeah. let me tell you, the Thrawn it, it makes it gayer. Like, oh the my whole, god! Now I'm gonna have to go to the bookstore and buy the graphic novel because I just need to yeah, see all this stuff. You, yeah, you, you get to see Eli Vanto's beautiful little face, and it's really great. And their height difference, and also him throwing him. Um, to the side when they pops out the bush oh and when they, when they pop out of the bush and start fighting people it's they're just so cute I, it's it's drawn very well the comic makes they it do, clear like they do they, cut my favorite scene out though which did make me a little bit annoyed when i finally get around to reading the comic yeah like there's there and well, it's an is, adaptation it is definitely an adaptation and the biggest thing that you lose is that like kind of first person quality and this this was the thing yeah. i was gonna say before was like uh, that i forgot that i was trying to say was that like this first book is so different from the other books because in in, yes. in, the, in the whole trilogy, in the whole for, like first trilogy, whatever, it is from Theron's point of view. Like you're always like you're always like getting his little observations, whatever. But this is the only one that's in the first person because he's writing a diary, and the rest of them are not. And then you also and you and then you feel the real stark difference when you read the Ascendancy books, which are they all they are all about a society and how they perceive Thrawn and it's it's never from his point of view but this first one is literally his diary and that's what makes it even gayer because it's like this isn't how the author describes this is how he sees Eli and records it in his supposedly like notes that he's supposed to be sending to his boss Aralani (laughs) like he's like here's my little diary Let's let's address that twist real fast because <laughs> Bradley, I want to get your take on the twist at okay. the end because it it hit me. I'm obviously a Legends fan. It took me a long time to get a significant other. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. When I read the book, I knew Thrawn's backstory. In Legends, he genuinely is exiled from the Chiss Ascendancy for doing the preemptive strikes. Okay. Like that. That actually happens. And you read, when I read Thrawn, I was like, okay, they're doing the same backstory. Like the first two chapters is literally the same scene from Legends, except this like little gay cowboy is there now. (laughs) Which, okay. I mean, most scenes can be improved by you adding a little gay cowboy to them. Star Wars is immensely improved by adding Eli Vanto. <laughs> I will Correct. say though, when I, wanted- I first I first started reading the book before I started listening to the audiobook, I had no idea that he was supposed to be like country or what. I just knew he was from like whatever <laughs> outer rim. When I heard him speak for the or when Mark Thompson first did his his southern voice or whatever he did, I was like I was so shocked. I was like, did they just make this about a gay little kid from the south? Like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah. Like, it but was- here's- You are projecting! Here's here's the other piece. Here's the other I piece. I know! Here's the other piece, though. Here's the other thing. And this is... You know, a lot of times I talk about how um, Kalazeb is furry space to steal. But however... Why? Thranto, unfortunately, it is... Uh, it is um, Venom. And here's why. <laughs> Track with me here. If you know anything about Venom lore, you know that the symbiote... Um, <laughs> Yes, go on. Um, okay, so <laughs> I'm now, if you know, okay, so if you know anything about Venom lore, you know that the symbiote is kind of like an outcast from his culture. 
Um, and so people have made jokes of like, oh, like he's the weirdo because he likes he, he likes humans or whatever. Like he's weird because he's a human. He's the equivalent of a monster fucker for his people, the symbiote. Oh. Um, and he's like he's kind of an outcast in that in that sort of way. Um, and obviously we know Eddie Brock is also kind of an outcast and also a monster fucker, and that's like kind of their thing. That is also. That's Thranto also. Um, but here's the other piece, and you will learn this when you read the Ascendancy books, and here's here's where it comes in. Thrawn is also a country boy. He is also from a backwater Chiss Ascendancy planet. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is also from a backwater Chiss Ascendancy planet. They are both country boys, actually. Um, <laughs> um, it's like they're made for each other or something. Oh, <gasps> Made for each other. They're li- they, they are they are both country boys and they are both little little outcasts um, that then get made fun of for being monster fuckers. So there's just anyway they are they are venom. Um, here's the you said they were made for each other. Here's another thing. Somebody I believe it is Ray the Mandalore on Tumblr pointed out. It might have been somebody else um, that I think about every fucking day. Um, you read Throne Alliances, correct? Which doesn't have Eli Vanto in it. Unfortunately, yes. No, we when we will we will get. We to will that. get to Thrawn yeah. alliances in like will, five minutes or so. We will we will get there, but I'm talking about Eli right now. So there's a part right. in there's a part in Thrawn alliances where Anakin basically uses the Force to try and like touch Thrawn's brain mind. Yes, and he's like, oh, it's like, it's so it's like so ordered in there, like rows right. of numbers. And you're like, you know who's really good at reading rows of numbers? <laughs> you're telling me that his his and his his the way that his his being presents in the force is 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 what eli is what is what eli is good at is, is that what you're is that what you're telling Stop. me is that what you're telling me so quickly Stop. i anakin skywalker i do need you to meet eli vanto and i need you to tell me quickly and also here's the other piece is that i believe at some point eli did i imagine this died, was this in a way. fan fiction that at some point like eli was like oh i see numbers as art or something like that or did oh, i dream that up Jesus. Did I dream I, that up? No, no. I feel like that's exactly he does say something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. So I just want you to think about that. Of like, even in the even in the force, um, they are perfect for each other. I just want you to, I just want you to think about that. Um, I, I hate. On it. I, I hate this. I hate. I hate everything um, about Star Wars. I hate everything Timothy about gay culture. Zahn, I hate Timothy on. <laughs> I just watched Claudia fucking murder my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> we don't listen. Listen to me, listeners. We do not release these videos, and ninety-nine oh percent of the time, I don't want to. That was part of the one percent of the time that you needed to see the way Bradley like slumped uh. back, defeated in his chair, with the realization. Timothy Zahn. Guys, oh, also. The, no, the no sh- more. Stop. The Sherlock Holmes thing. It's also confirmed by Timothy Zahn. Oh, it is. Okay. Like, so I didn't make asked, that up. That's like something. That somebody asked him in there. a Q and A for Lesser Evil. They were like, "So, hey, like, what would Thrawn be doing if he hadn't joined the military?" And he was like, "Oh, haha, he'd probably be a consulting detective." And you're like, Don't. "Got it." So I've connected the dots. So it so is Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Also, I'm gonna bring it back to our previous our previous talking point of Super Hulock. Um, this does mean I, unfortunately, not, because Thrawn is a Sherlock adaptation, that does mean I am just back to shipping drawn lock, unfortunately. It just means I'm just back to square zero. So we're, we're all just back there. It's, it's, it's okay. I have 
I have a great deal of empathy for people that have suffered the way you have. Uh, yeah. I, I personally avoided that. Uh, however, because I figured out very quickly <laughs> that Stephen Moffat, big on that queer baiting, big on that queer baiting. I never thought it was going to happen. I wasn't stupid. <laughs> I just, I just was. Unfortunately, I mean, um, unfortunately, my, my burning, fiery, passionate hatred for Stephen Moffat actually has nothing to do with Sherlock. Uh, but that is a topic yeah, for another same. podcast. Because also, if I start talking about Dracula... Oh, uh, God. Anyway, Screaming also, Citadel was an interesting comic. Oh, my God. Somehow trying to claw us back to Star Wars. No, I was going to say, Timothy's on... Timothy's on... Um, Timothy's on uh, found um, beating up Stephen Moffat behind a Denny's. Um. <laughs> Did nothing wrong, acquitted of all charges. Timothy's on, you are my best friend. <laughs> Every witness was like, damn, he deserved it, though. Get his ass. <laughs> Get his ass. Uh, I want to ask you, Bradley, this is my final question for Thrawn before we move on to Thrawn Alliances. Oh. Did your perception of Thrawn as a character change over the course of this book when you reconciled it together with Rebels? Uh, yes. Um, to the quote unquote gay factor. I, so I struggle with Thrawn's sexuality slash his expression of feelings, I guess we'll call it because I don't want to say sexuality necessarily. Cause I don't know if he necessarily has one. It's so confusing for me because I look at him. Like I, I look at Eli Vanto and I think that man is gay as fuck. Like he loves men. He loves penis. He is a very cisgendered gay man. He, you know, he's a little twink. He loves muscle daddies. He loves, you know, all shapes and sizes. He loves gay men. Thrawn, on the other hand, because of the whole Sherlock Holmes aspect, the very, like, very coded way he talks about things, he doesn't reveal everything until the very end and all that stuff. I just see him as, like, very, I don't even know if this is correct, gendering slash sexual whatever like I don't even know if this is correct but I look at him as like a very asexual like he does not have intercourse I think he likes Eli and he loves Eli to an extent but it's not a like I want to fuck you it's more like I want to take care of you and I will protect you because you're my child no you got it my... right okay you got it right here's here's, here's... I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a little deeper here. So Okay, go later. Once you once you read the ascendancy novels, a lot more of this is gonna make make sense. I could go okay. into a whole thing about like, oh, great reconciling his character with rebels or whatever. Um the biggest thing for me that I love to talk about is his parallels with Anakin and like they these three novels are his trilogy and then the ascendancy novels are his prequel trilogy. I mean it it occurs during the Clone Wars, whatever, and he has like beat for beat like like stuff of like him being like this almost chosen one figure of like someone who could like help us or destroy us who then people got very mad at me when i said this before um chooses evil um and it, and mm. that's the unique tragedy of it you're like oh my god he's got everything going for him he's super great and he chose to be a fascist what's that about um so much like he has all these parallels with anakin but here's the but if you go with that parallel, some things start to become clear. Number one, 
Obviously, his Obi-Wan is Arlani. Clearly. I mean, yeah, that's his older older sibling. Clearly. Um, there's some other things that are spoilers for the Ascendancy books that I won't get into. However, his Padme is Eli. Number one, Eli's not dead, but he is missing now. <laughs> um, he was sent to the Chiss Ascendancy. He was sent to the Chiss Ascendancy, much like Padme dying, and then Thrawn, like, went fucking crazy and that's how we see him right. in, in in rebels um and him and him and anakin are just they're like they've gone off their little rocker um the other piece of it this is this is that i in my heart of hearts and many people have joked about this before is that i believe that anakin is demisexual i have seen it i have seen it with my own two my own two eyes i don't know who i was just talking about this with whatever D- like if you watch a lot of stuff whatever like usually when you have like a really straight man in 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 media especially like star wars or something like that like obi-wan flirts with anybody that moves even men uh, men women whatever he flirts with everybody anakin is like you could put a, pr- a pretty woman in front of him and he's like where's padme gotcha. he's like yeah. he's literally like mm-hmm. he's but it's not just where's padme he like does not feel any sexual or romantic attraction to literally anybody except for this one person right and also oh i know why i was thinking about this because i was thinking about queen's hope and in queen's hope they kind of they kind of imply that Padme is demisexual as well, where uh, I believe uh, Sabe says something like, um, or Padme like jokes with Sabe and Padme talk about like, I like, you know, I don't really fall for people easily, but if I do, it's going to be really hard or something like that. And the way that they talk about stuff, whatever. Um, I mean, that's. We'll that's get you to the Queen's books, Bradley. You're going to like them a lot. They're very good. Um, but they're, it's, it's very much like kind of confirming that for Sabe and I was like yeah that's that is Anakin and that's how Anakin's always been and I truly believe that is what Thrawn is who's like and and also having read the Ascendancy books whatever he does not show attraction for any woman or man ever I have I could go page for page of like interactions with men there are men who like him shout out to Simacro (laughs) Simacro the king of I kind of want to thank him I kind of want to punch him out anyway but he never like he interacts with people a lot the way like he interacts with Eli in that like he likes to mentor people, but his interactions with Eli are very different than his interactions with other people in that mentoring right. capacity. Like with Thalius, it's very much of now some people argue with me because their people ship things, whatever. But like with Thalius, it's very much of like a younger sister kind of vibe and that kind of thing. like he does not have whatever with with Eli and this also could be colored by the fact that again we are seeing in the first person for Thrawn um versus any other time like we're like yeah he doesn't really give a shit half the time and he also he's not just coded autistic he's like canonically autistic there are there are so many things in Mm. all of these books in all six books that are like oh like at one point there's a literal quote where they're like he's like yeah it's a good thing I didn't go into politics Or, or his brother's like yeah it's a good thing he didn't go into politics. He's like, that's what I'm for, whatever. And he's like, yeah, I never really got the the social intricacies of that or whatever. And you're like, oh, this man is literally autistic. And he like, he very much acknowledges that. And he he knows his like, his like, uh, like connecting with people limitations. And it's a, it's a problem for him a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And um, except for with Eli. Except, <laughs> except for with Eli. And then at the end of this book, he tells a whole thing of how like he has had friends before and very close ones and people who have risked a lot for him. But it is Eli at the end of Shout this Shout out book. to the Springhawk. 
shout out to the spring hawk shout out to Samacro. shout out to shout out to my girl cheery shout out to thalius shout out to arlani shout out to woodrow oh my god bradley doesn't know any of these people because he has shout, out to, shout out to woodrow my literal favorite character in star wars um basically at the end of this book is when he has the whole thing of like oh like eli taught me eli taught me about the power of friendship like literally he literally taught about the power of friendship even though he had friends before and he didn't get it whatever and i'm like this man is autistic number one and number two i do firmly believe that he is demisexual just like anakin <laughs> he's like he has he has never clocked anybody else in his gotcha. life he does not yeah. give a shit about romance I, he doesn't I give agree. a shit about sex but with uh with eli he's like hold on this person's special yeah mayhaps i do feel attraction i don't know what that means <laughs> i do feel attraction i need to immediately s send him to the chip well, send him away this is the other piece this is the other piece though as he like he realized that he cared so much about eli and also that like eli being people realizing that eli is smart um is very dangerous for him he realized that he cared so much about eli and that people target him so much that it is dangerous for eli and that is the reason that he sent him away like that's that's a thing to, he does not do for other live, people to live with his lesbian sister his lesbian yeah. big sister and oh her God. girlfriend her and her her many her many girl bosses <laughs> i do believe they're in some form of polycule shout out to zayinda yeah anyway that is that is my i do believe that anakin and thrawn are demisexual um I, I, I don't I don't believe that any of them have ever thought about um romance or sex in any way until they met one person and were like, wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. And then unfortunately they went, hmm, I'm not gonna unpack that for myself and I will choose fascism instead. <laughs> my my hot take my hot take is that I agree with you on the fascism thing makes sense. Because I have also heard that take from people that are like, well, Thrawn's just a little guy. He's just a little guy. Like he's done nothing he's wrong. He's just a little guy, but he does. Like, he, he's an adult man. <laughs> he's an adult man who makes choices, and those choices are, you know, you could have gone back to the Chiss ascendancy with Eli Vanto, and you did not. You you yeah. could have done that. Yeah. You were oh, the twist will... at the end is you were loyal to the Chiss the whole time. Well, you could have fucked off back. I will well I will say that the thing that you find out in Thrawn Treason is that like he he can't go back because then that would that would put his people in danger because then if he just like fucking leaves with all of the Empire secrets, um Palpatine's right. really not gonna let that happen. And so like that's that's kind of why he he stays and that's why like him going back, like he fully believed he was gonna fucking die. That is why he goes back to Lothal and he's a little unhinged. <laughs> um Right. And no, and you know what's funny about I mean, I just not to really skip ahead to the third book, but like it is, you know, I do believe that Thrawn, you talked about the whole fascism thing, but I think it's a means to an end for him. I don't actually believe that. So you were talking about connecting it with rebels and the books and everything. And this book made me feel like he's putting on this front all the time that like he is never, ever, he's never been loyal to the empire, not one bit ever. And I think it's all a it's all a facade because it's just a means to an end. And I think the ending of rebels leads me to believe that like, it's almost like a wake up call for him at the end, because once he gets sucked into space or wherever the fuck they go, um, we'll find out in Ahsoka. But I think that from then on, he's going to be like, Oh, none of that empire stuff actually mattered. Like I was a little too focused on like 
what I was doing and all that stuff. And he realizes that he doesn't actually need to do that. He'll fuck off. And honestly, I think Ahsoka looking for him and all this stuff is all like a fake thing. I don't think he's really the evil villain. I think there's somebody else. And that's I, the whole I thing. hope to God, I hope to God, that's what it is. If they try to make him the real villain and we like, and, and no, you did I don't this for so. what? Yeah. And you did this for fucking what? Yeah. If they reveal that it's him experimenting on Grogu on Mount Tantus, I will be coming to Dave Filoni's door. <laughs> well, because the whole the whole point is like there's a lot of Imperial characters or whatever. And I think this is also this is what happens with Vader. If you read Vader comics and like, you know, if you've been known anything about like how Vader realizes like, hey, you know what? I should kill Palpatine kind of deal. Um, you know, his whole thing is realizing like I chose to be a fucking murderer. <laughs> so, you know for peace and order and this this empire not only doesn't bring peace and order but is so corrupt and so full of greedy and just ineffectual people there's a lot of just both thrawn and vader just like having shitty co-workers that i think also also goes into this like vader comes back from all this shit happening to him and finds out that like price fucked up his entire project and whatever like a lot of it is just like his shitty co-workers he's like I, I have been doing exactly what I think is going to bring peace and order. And in both of them realizing like, oh, maybe this doesn't bring peace and order. But they realized it a little too late and did commit a, right. bit, a bit too many war crimes on the much. way. Too much. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of that's kind of their deal. Like that. And this that, that's kind of their deal of like, oh, I like they they really did think that they were they were doing the right thing. Um, and hopefully with, with Vader, we see him die, die in a passion, but with, <laughs> but with, uh, with Thrawn, hopefully what we see is like him being like, it seems they kind of what we saw with Callus basically, where he was like, I thought that that's what I was, whatever. And then I immediately saw that this place is corrupt and doesn't fucking work and everybody's out for themselves and literally it, it's falling apart at the fucking seams because yeah. Palpatine would rather people fight with each other than actually do anything. Um, and so, yeah, fuck this. Uh, you know, I hope that that's what it is. Um, but unfortunately, I think they, they do truly believe in it before that. It's yeah. it's becoming the mask to an extent because people, yes. people will bring up like, oh, how could he order an orbital bombardment on Lothal and they'll twist these like four-dimensional chests of Oh, he was expecting them to do this and this. I'm like, no, if you watch the series, he's gradually escalating his war crimes. It's so what my, no Eli does to a motherfucker. It, exactly. <laughs> and speaking speaking of his parallels with one Anakin Skywalker, uh, we do need to move on to the second. Yeah, I was going to say, good transition. Yeah. Good transition. Ron Alliances, uh, the book with no Eli Vanto in it. Uh, I was otherwise known, when I first read it. I was otherwise confused. known as otherwise known as hey, have you guys visited this new theme park that we just opened? Literally. <laughs> literally. Also, this is uh, this is another is this book is a really good example of how Timothy Zahn is pretty much the only male male author other than actually the High Republic authors. I trust them as well. Other than the High Republic authors, I trust them all with my life. Um Timothy Zahn is the only author that i trust with women like he wrote padme like because timothy zahn writes a girl boss he's like i write two things and that's gay dudes and a bunch of fucking girl bosses like the only people that thrawn hangs out with is just like gay men and girl bosses that's the only people he hangs out with which is so yas and slay but that means when he was writing padme 
I'm like, sir, this is this is amazing, incredible. Um, yes. Um, the fact that Padme met Thrawn, phenomenal shit right there. <laughs> the the parallels of I, first of all, I applaud him. I'm clapping without trying to make the audio fuck up, but I applaud him for the way this book is written on the two parallels of it's Thrawn and Vader and Thrawn and Anakin. And I, because I know that there's a little bit of backstory that they wanted uh, the Padme character to be Ahsoka in the first draft of the book. Really? Yeah. And apparently Disney or whoever, or Lucasfilm or whoever was like, um, oh, you can't touch Ahsoka right now. We're doing something with her. It's, it's so Dave. he changed. Okay. So that's yeah, probably D- what it was. Dave has said that for a couple of things. I, I like, I think. Um, Queens, they, Shadow, they, and Peril, I think. EK yeah. was told you can't have Ahsoka. Yeah. Because I think, like, the Ahsoka novel was written so far early in the, in the like, Disney acquisition or whatever. Got that's it. why they, like, they did stuff that was planned for the Clone Wars, whatever. But, like, once they realized, oh, we're going to finish the Clone Wars and then we're going to do other shit like characters like um like the clones and like ahsoka are like super right. super off limits so. so yeah to go off that like what they were saying was like they basically timothy zahn wanted to do an anakin and thrawn story and then i guess lucasfilm or whoever was like no we want you to do a thrawn invader story and then they were like well just put them together and then that's where we got this from first of all it's super clever fucking clever because Throughout the whole entire book, my favorite part of this whole entire book is literally Thrawn fucking with Vader the whole time. It's and just being a like, gay man bullying a straight man the whole it's time. So it's fucking so fucking funny. Good. It's just so funny because he's always, he's like, well, I met this guy Anakin one time and uh, he said this. So it's funny that you are doing this right now because it reminds me so much of him. I just want to say this one thing to you because we can't spoil it for you. I cannot. Blood blood leaking out of my mouth from when the degree you, to which I'm biting my tongue right when now. When you read it, because half this book occurs during the Clone Wars era, which is also when yeah. the Ascendancy books comes out, mm-hmm. you will find out some things about the the event. It does overlap with the events that happen here in, in this book. Oh, you, you are going to scream, cry, and throw up. You're going to be dying <laughs> laughing at, at, at the two dimensions of what is happening here. But There's- also... There's a major element that I literally had to go on Wikipedia <laughs> and read through because it's been a hot minute since I've read these books. Read through it and be like, can I say this on the podcast? No, no you can't. You can't and no, you no, can't I cannot it. state shit. I accidentally spoiled it for my boyfriend. I am not spoiling no. it for Bradley. I will also say this is that I'm not I'm not an Anakin stan. I find his story very interesting. I don't I don't apologize for him. Thrawn, he is my poor little meow meow. However, after he chooses fascism, like, that's on you, my guy. Fuck you. Um, you can work for your redemption, but you're on thin fucking ice. Anakin, I'm like, nah, you had you yeah. had every support and you still yeah. chose, you little idiot. Um, even even so, Anakin is not my special little guy, whatever. However, this book makes me care very much about their relationship. There is a moment in Lesser Evil that connects to this that I think about all the time. I mean, I don't, okay. I don't know what it is about Timothy's on epilogues because that man writes an epilogue and you're like, I am going into a deep depression. <laughs> um, Cause like this book is just them like bullying each other and there's like action and there's like 
all this shit going on, whatever. And then he writes this epilogue where you're like, they genuinely care about each other as friends. And you're like, oh my God, what the fuck? Man, I'm in pain. The events <laughs> the events of the current Darth Vader run would not presently be occurring if he had Thrawn to talk to. Yeah. Thrawn, he's... not to spoil these because I'm going to be very vague. Thrawn would have figured this person out uh, that is the main antagonist of all oh, the yeah. overarching comics right now. Yeah. Thrawn would have figured her out. This is why Thrawn had to go away. He's too smart. Um, please, like, she no, would have recruited Vader. him. She would have recruited him. Or, or <laughs> she would have recruited him. And then he would have been He would have been like, hey, you want to go to the Chissa Sendi? Actually, <laughs> Not the Chissa Sendi. No, he literally, he literally he would have tried to send her to the Chissa Sendi. And she probably would have gone, can they help me um, kill Spoiler? Uh, literally literally it is a good thing that he was sent away because that is exactly what would have happened that's um, that's what he needed that's what he was looking for if he'd literally. hung out just a little while longer he could have taken that whole girl boss squad and just moved it to the chis ascendancy and been like oh man okay there's your leverage go kill spoiler bradley what did you what did you think of the uh Batu stuff in there because it's all over and it's important to remember this book came out i think slightly before the theme park opened did mm. did that work for you did that take you out of it at all so it's funny because i read this at the same time i read phasma um so ha 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 it's kind of hilarious how the way i'm reading these books is very very weird that they're all kind of somehow connecting and like a little bit because um, you have a list of books that I have given you. That I know, I think it's that just so weird like. how... I and they just happen to have several things in common. Right. This is funny. Phasma is one of the few ones I have not read. Oh, really? Okay, so honestly, it's one of the ones I like the most because I see it as... I, I have TV brain, so like I always think of stuff like, how can I make this a TV show? And Phasma is one of the ones where I was like, I don't think it actually works as a TV show. I think it works better as a movie. Which is funny because I never say that. On the one hand, I see how you could do it as a TV show, but it have to be a limited series. Like, there's no way you could do like seasons of fucking Phasma. Like, it has to be one linear story. But I love the storytelling aspect of it, how it's told. So I think that would make a good movie. I don't know. That's just my personal bit. I don't want to go to in it because obviously I haven't read it. But you should. I think it's great because Phasma is one of my favorite characters that ever existed. Yeah. So, I, I've been going in chronological order. So like getting into the sequel era as yeah, I, right now I'm on. A, I've, I've read all the aftermath like books. 10 more years left. So Yeah. I've read all the aftermath books and I read Last Shot. Um, Shout out I've read to Bloodline. Shout out um, to Cinder Rathvelis, uh, my favorite character in all of yeah. Star Wars. And it it's really hard because I'm not a fan of the aftermath books, but I do love that little guy. <laughs> I love Mr. Bones. So you can oh my god, when I discovered you can play Mr. Bones in Lego Star Wars <sighs> the Skywalker so awesome saga, today. I was like, this is it it is the aftermath renaissance. We are getting Cobb Vamp. Yeah. So, in, oh, in Mandalorian, we're getting Mr. Bones. Cinderath Velis win. Speaking of Cobb Vanth, though, Cobb Vanth is the reason that I believe we can get Eli Vanto on screen. I'm like, so if you can take a little random glup shitto that was created for the books and you can put him in the whole ass main Star Wars series, you can get Eli Vanto. However, do I want Eli Vanto on screen? Because I'm deathly afraid. (laughs) I I would say if he's on screen, it has to be 
correct. I mean, like they have to do it. They have to. I don't want them to if do they the whole thing where they dance Eli around. I don't want them to dance around the whole like, is he gay? Is he not gay thing? Like, if they don't explicitly tell us, like, just be like, have him. I don't care if it's just a look. I don't care if it's like the way he is, caresses Thrawn's arm one time. Like, I need it to. Like, I don't care whatever they have to do to make it so that kids can watch. It. I don't give a fuck. Fucking do it because I, otherwise I, I'm. Gonna I have two fears. <laughs> I have two fears. Uh, one is that they whitewash Eli Vanto. Literally, my and and Bradley. Oh. I do recall oh, we had that to have would, a conversation where I did point out to you because, in fairness, you had not read the comics. Right. I did have to point out to you, Eli Vanto is not white. My other fear is that they will stray wash Eli Vanto. No, literally, it's my real worst back. fear. It's like. <laughs> I feel that way about Thrawn. I'm like, don't straight wash him, please, please. It is weird because if he does have that quote Southern accent, you know, in the or some kind of Southern or not even I don't want to say Southern country accent I should say, um, in the audiobook. And so I I am worried that they are going to do that whole like they're going to pick the whitest looking Jensen Ackles. Yeah, no, No, it's true. Yes. (laughs) That's who they're gonna pick. I, re- oh, I no. regret. I that would immediately be the first. regret. Immediately that, regret inviting. Well, that, that, that is yeah. that is that is something that is something cooked up in a lab to hurt me physically. He's a little old, but funny enough, just jokingly, I was t- I think I was talking to my friend about this, and I was like, they're gonna pick you know fucking like Timothy Chalamet to play him or something like, no. and, then, <laughs> and that's what's gonna no. happen. They're gonna pick the twinkiest no. Tom Holland looking fucker that no, they can Tom. to play him. <laughs> They are going to do. I'm sorry. That's what's going to happen. I I predict it now in Eli, five years from now. Eli when they Vanto, finally do this. Eli Vanto. This is why I'm like, hmm, maybe I don't want him on screen. Eli Vanto is he's he's from Space Texas. Like they make it very yeah. clear. He is from Texas. He is a little. He is a Latino boy from Texas. Like that is that is who he is. That mm. is Eli Vanto. Like. Okay. That is that is that is what I see in my brain and my thoughts. Even when you read fan fiction, people are like, "Oh yeah, like what's like Lasatran cuisine? It's barbecue." Like because he's from mm. Texas. <laughs> um, I hope they. Do, I mean, I hope they do it well. I know God. they won't, but I, you know what they I mean. Won't. Like I have, I don't have they hope. Won't. So, like I said, it's gonna be they fucking won't. Tom Holland's gonna play him in five years. I can tell you right now, it's crazy. No, like that's it's exactly what's gonna happen. Well, and, Fortunately, we have a Star Wars TV show podcast to bitch and piss and moan about this endlessly. <laughs> as only gay once the casting leaks, where we're gonna be like, ah, oh, I will become insane. Actually, you know what would be equally as bad? I don't. I don't know what about this would hurt me. I think straight washing Ezra Bridger. Like, okay, they've already had him like you know flirt with girls like a little bit when he was a kid, whatever. But like making him aggressively straight. When we see him as an adult, he's gonna do something to me. Yeah. I'm gonna be angry. I'm gonna be pissed. I, I don't know he's what be about like that it. Weird suave character who's like ugh. always up on girls' businesses. They're like, he's like, hey, pretty lady, how's it going? You know that kind ugh. of shit. They're, yeah, I can see they're gonna make Ezra Bridger the type of character that shitty fanboys think Han Solo is. No, please, no. <laughs> Like maybe maybe they'll make him like Kanan Jarrus, just like extremely bisexual. And, like you accidentally created a bisexual man, <laughs> but unfortunately, Ezra Bridger is not bisexual. That man, he is a gay man. <laughs> and I, I believe I, that in my heart. 
I want to return because I want to have time to talk about Throne Trees and I want to yes. return yeah, so to sorry. the question exactly. that I asked. So sorry. Which we totally fucking yes. welcome so to Gold you... Squadron Gaze, Claudia. We cannot answer a fucking question without going <laughs> on a 10 minute tangent. Right. And but I, I apologize for that because I, I brought up Phasma only because you were talking about how they go to Batu or whatever. And it not they don't go to Batu in Phasma, but um there is a character in the Phasma books who is essentially the main character of the book um and she's Barbarati, telling... my uh ace arrow queen uh, right so I love she's her. i have Sly. seen her in person so she's a character at galaxy's edge she's the only character from books i guess that's at galaxy's edge the face character that you can visually see in the park um and they wrote a, a sequel i think to phasma that is also about the park spire right yeah, yeah black spire so is what about her isn't it yeah so it's the two she's like the frame story for Phasma and then not to spoil the end of Phasma for Claudia who has not read it but she and another character go on like a mission to Batu, and the book is set like it works in tandem with um like they released a whole slew of Batu shit at the time they had Crash of Fate they had Black Spire. It was in Thrawn Alliances. It's like people being like, why are they suddenly pushing the Halcyon super hard? My dude, have you read a Star Wars? Yeah. yeah this they, is what they do. That's all they're doing. Yeah, so, I, so I will say to your original question, yes, it did take me out a little bit in this book. Only because... Now, I've never been to Batu. I've never gone to Disney uh, to see the Star Wars world and everything. But I know everything fucking about it at this point because I've literally seen every single YouTube video, every single vlog, every single, you know, whatever about going there and all the stuff you can buy. Right. So, yes, it took me out of it because I'm like, Theron and Anakin in the theme park? Like, what? I don't understand what's happening. Like... Why are they there? Are they are they taking the ride with Chewie and the Falcon? Like I don't understand. I think that's, I that'd be very funny of them. It's so weird because I know I didn't know when I was reading the book when it takes place. I just knew it was Anakin, right? So like I, I have a general idea that it's during Attack of the Clones in between Revenge of the Sith, obviously. Like I don't really know, but it I was is just the like... last. It is the last year or so of the Clone Wars. So okay, Ahsoka is no longer in the picture. Yeah. Right. Uh, and see, that so was why it was a little confusing. This, in the last yeah. this also is why people theorize that um, Luke and Leia were possibly conceived um, when Padme and um, <laughs> when <laughs> Padme and Anakin met Thrawn and were on their on their way back. <laughs> no. Well, we're is, doing. If you, if you think about it. <laughs> That is possible. Now, no. Disney Disney might wreck on that and be like, this. actually, no, they were conceived on the Halcyon. But like... Oh, no, they, we... they are going to do that. Actually, no, they, they're they they pretty much saying that, like, Ben Solo was conceived on the Halcyon. Yeah, but so was Luke and they, I'm sure they no, were. They're just going to do it. But yeah, if you... We made a whole TikTok about it. We made a whole thing about it. If you think about the if you think about the timing of this... um. It yeah. is. This, I think Mel was the one who who thought this out. Um, it is very possible that they did meet Thrawn and then on their way back is possibly when <laughs> work. It makes sense. I mean, so we're doing. We just finished the Tartakovsky uh, Clone Wars that we were covering, and there is a scene. 
the end of the thing where they literally fuck and you're like <laughs> oh that was the conception of the twins okay i get it so and now much. I'm thinking like, oh, okay, well, now that you put into perspective that they probably just fucked on the way back because they didn't have a lot of time together because he probably was going to have to go fly off again the second they got back to Coruscant. So it was like, yeah, let's fuck real quick. And then when he comes back from that second trip, he's she's like, hey, by the way, I'm Pregos, you know, in Revenge of the Sith. So there you go. So do imagine, we think... Imagine meeting Thrawn and then... <laughs> do we and not think... name your kids after him. Do we think because chronologically the Ahsoka's walkabout arc takes place before the Bad Batch? It goes Ahsoka's walkabout, Bad Batch, Siege of Mandalore. It could Anakin's, be happening kind of at the same time, actually. I've heard people Anakin's say. Anakin's on Coruscant. You're right, you're During right, you're the right, Ahsoka's right, walkabout right. arc. And he has to be on the Outer Rim sieges for long enough for Padme to be substantially pregnant by the time he gets back. Right. So do we think this is occurring like right in between those two epi- those two batches of episodes like it's the Ahsoka's walkabout I think so then he runs off with Thrawn Alliances doesn't in Thrawn Alliances isn't he like kind of like he's kind of like dejected and whatever because Ahsoka like just left I think so I think or at it's least like, it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. written that way yes. I think it's pretty fresh like is there like are there something where he's like Please tell me if I'm imagining this. It's been a while since I read it where he's like, oh, like normally Ahsoka would do whatever. And he's like, oh. you know what? But I, think you're here. Correct. I think you're right. No, I think you're right. I thought I thought I was projecting because like I said, I, I'm obviously reading all this post Clone Wars. Like I'm, you know, I have Ahsoka brain. So I always think of Ahsoka all the time. And you're right. It's I true. think he, he does. does. He does explicitly say in the book some at some point he's like, oh, well, Ahsoka would do it like this but I don't, he's like, oh, we can't do it like that because she's not here or something like that. I, I think you're right. I think it's something like that. It's such a shame that Ahsoka and Thrawn never got to meet like before they were on opposite sides because you, first <sighs> of all, Thrawn loves a girl boss. He immediately would have tried to send her to the Jesus Ascendancy, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't have a purpose? Here you go. Here, I'll here take you. Here you go. Like, um, he, he definitely would have tried to send her to the Jesus Ascendancy. Um, 100. And um. There's another reason why she would really fit in the chess ascendancy, but I'll be silent. Um, but I, I, oh, oh no, no, <laughs> I know exactly who the fuck you're talking about. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, it's not just because I, she's a lesbian, I, but like, <laughs> yes, but also just because, like, yeah, but um, I better be silent. Um, <laughs> but like the thought of them meeting it's kind of like how they they couldn't have padme and ahsoka in too many things together because then it would have been implausible that they wouldn't have just like girl boss their way into ending the clone wars they're like oh we we can't have them in too many scenes together it did they'll, they'll just yeah. whatever if it was thrawn and ahsoka together they they would have figured out that palpatine was darth sidious quickly <laughs> fun <laughs> like, fun fact fun fact about the legends continuity actually the legends continuity thrawn so Thrawn dies at the end of The Last Command. Uh, shout out to Rook. <laughs> shout out to Rook. It, what, he is a fucking dick. Thrawn is a fucking dick in those first three books. Uh, well, but, no Eli Vanto does to a motherfucker. <laughs> it's true. Gilad Paley, I'm like, I love you. You, you. you did really good stuff, my dude, uh, but you are not Eli Vanto. You were clearly, Thrawn was not in love with you. I'm sorry. One thing Timothy Zahn said, because he was asked, like, would you bring Thrawn back from the dead? Like, as a clone of Thrawn or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, 
the only way that I would do that is if the galaxy was in such a problem that only Thrawn could solve it. Mm. Implying that the reason he kept him dead was because Thrawn would have solved the entire Yuuzhan Vong War, the entire events of Legacy of the Force, uh, yeah, whatever the fuck fate of the Jedi was, uh, I'm about to go on my Legends tangent and this is not the, the episode for that. But I just find it interesting, the idea of none of these people were allowed to meet because if they had met, they would have immediately fixed Clone Wars. Yeah, I mean, and then that's, we wouldn't have had a plot. I mean, that's why Thrawn and Padme could only be in the room together for like ten seconds. Thrawn and pa- much like Thrawn and Ahsoka, Thrawn and Padme is like that's that's because as as we know, I mean, Thrawn is able to ascend. You will find out because he befriends a girl boss. Thrawn, the combination of Thrawn and a girl boss. Shout out to Pharaoh also, like the, the combination of yeah, Thrawn and a girl boss. But yeah, she she has to deal with these two little gay boys all the time. She's like, can y'all just kiss on the mouth? I'm tired of you people. <laughs> but like, but like Thrawn and a girl boss is like literally how he get, does anything. Like, I mean, she, she's a lot like Thalius actually, but like. They couldn't be in the room together. Like, here's 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 why I think they would really get along. Number one, because if you read the Padme books, um, she's she's playing forty fucking chess. Her and Sabe, they're playing forty fucking chess, much like Thrawn. Although, like, um, she's a lot like Arlani in that she has all the smarts of Thrawn, um, but also the political and social skills that he does not. Um, or like or like Thras. RP peace, my guy. Um. Oh my god, she is like Thra. Oh my god! Wait, I just made myself sad. Claudia, Claudia just, has. Claudia is going so on all these right. different. She is. I just made myself really sad. Oh my god! I just made myself really I sad. I know. I I I know. And Bradley will suffer. He oh, will suffer. Trust me. That's why. That's why Thrawn and Padme got along, just like Thrawn and. No. Stress, man. No. no. Man, I'm no. so sad. Okay. But <laughs> uh, so later on, when I'm two glasses of wine in, uh, after we're done recording, it will be specifically because of the co- that comment that was just made right I'm there. I'm so sorry. Oh, what I was what you I was gonna be. what I was gonna say before I made myself that sad thinking about Thras is that one of my I talked about this in our Padme episode. My favorite moments padme moments is that clone wars episode where anakin is basically like can you teach ahsoka about politics i'm an idiot <laughs> and ahsoka's like i thought the republic was good and padme's like horrible news <laughs> horrible news politics is nuanced um and basically teaches ahsoka about about politics and like that is the one episode where you're like oh if they spend too much time together they're gonna uncover palpatine and then at the end of that arc i think it's not at the end of that episode but at the end of that arc is when we see like Palpatine like look straight at the camera and be like, all right, you won this round. Well played to Padme. That is the only person. And I am convinced that is the like, that is that is the moment where he realizes like he has been manipulating her for a while because he knows much like Anakin is very powerful and he needs to control this person. She is like a, a rising star and he needs to control her or whatever. That is the moment where he's like, I need to take her off the board. Right. Like that's the moment. Much like where he, like, with Anakin, he goes, I need to take him off the board. That's when he realizes with Padme, I need to take her off the board. That's that's the moment. And that is also, like, 
and like Thrawn also kind of has a moment that whatever is like when it goes from he realizes oh Palpatine is definitely gonna kill me <laughs> like um it's, that comes it, up it's in the next like book. that it it is just like that like when it goes from Palpatine is controlling me to uh oh Palpatine has realized that I am possibly as smart as he is I'm <laughs> chuckles i'm in danger <laughs> like literally I'm that's it's, it's literally yeah. exactly that <laughs> anyways um i'm just imagining padme <laughs> padme sitting in the chair like thrawn <laughs> oh my god i wanna i wanna give one little fun fact about uh the batu thing with alliances uh and then we will move on to treason yeah uh God damn it. I I really was like, oh, we'll do a nice little little fucking book episode on these three books. It, nope. Uh, we're at a normal, we're looking at normal guest length. <laughs> Welcome to the full guest experience, Claudia, I'm for so Squadron Gaze. What the fuck is my outline? It's fine. I should have prepared for that eventuality. Fun Leander. fact about I accept things. Learn learn not attachment with with regards to my outline. Uh, I I recently re- listened to Midnight Horizon, so I need to think, I need to think about the principles of non-attachment as it relates Midnight, to the outline that I made for this episode. Midnight Horizon and Thrawn 2017, you will always be famous. You you two you you two pinnacle literature. There's, there's fights that they get into in alliances at Ogus Cantina, and if you go outside in Ogus Cantina, I've never been able to locate any blaster bolts inside. But if you go outside and look at the arch above, you can see like blaster bolts and scuffing on that arch. The implication being those are from one of the fights in that book. Mm. Especially since there's like no, there's no, no Thrawn or anything in, in Batu. I'm going to take my crumbs. There's, there's one. Take my crumbs. There's one. There is a picture of Thrawn. <laughs> that you can get in there's a painting of thrawn in his office that you can get in ogas hmm. uh speaking of palpatine being like or thrawn being like damn maybe palpatine's gonna kill me uh thrawn treason the book that gave us the single worst four words ever put together in a sentence can in I, a star wars book can i just can i just say so um this book was possibly one of my most toxic moments in the, in this fandom when this book came out. So like I think I I started my canon run around like 2017 like right after Throne 2017 came out whatever. I was plowing through all the books whatever. So I read Throne Alliances like a little bit after it came out whatever. So I was I was waiting for Throne Treason to come out and I was like I want to get Eli Vanto back and I was I was like I was in the shits like this was when I was like I was waiting for new Rebels episodes, the sequels were coming out like and then Throne Alliance was coming out. Like I, I was waiting in real time for this, and I was like, I've waited for this motherfucker to come back. Whatever. When I read this book, and all I got was, "Good day, Lieutenant Banto." I had to throw the book across the room. I think I was reading it physically and not listening to the other book. I did almost. I think I almost threw the book across the room. I was so angry. And then like, my vision. Much like much like the Sith, like my vision was clouded, my judgment was clouded. Your eyes turned like, yellow. Yeah, right. I'm like I ever, all the interactions between Eli and Vanya, I kept being like, is he trying to straight wash them? Is he? I was like, first of all, 
that is a disrespect to female characters. Feminism. Second of all, are you trying to straight wash Eli Banto because you made it a little too gay last time? What is the truth? Now I look back on it and I'm like, oh, clearly Eli and Vanya, are, they're very much like a sibling relationship. Very much. Um, Almost whatever. like Thrawn and Shiri. What? Shush. You, you have to be. You have to be. They have to be, or Thrawn and Thalius, really. Um, and yeah, they're a yeah. lot like Thrawn and Thalius. They're 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 very WLW MLM solidarity. Like they're very much that. That is true. I will give you that. Um, they're they're very much that. And I, I became the most toxic fucking. I had to go back and delete tweets. Like I became the most toxic version of myself. I was like, Timmy's on. I fucking hate you. You hate women and gay people. <laughs> 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 I was, I was, oh, I saw red. So like, you think that it, you think that like, oh, only I'm projecting? No, like this took over my no. personality. I was probably the worst version of myself. No, what, I agree with you. you. I said the same thing. Yeah. When I was reading, <clears throat> I think it was, I just had, I think it's just the one scene that I really focused in on. It wasn't even the rest of it. I think the rest of it was kind of fine. Like they didn't, I think it's just the one line of dialogue. And then like, after that, like they really never bring up again, like that he is quote into women, but he says some stupid fucking line about like relationships with people on the bridge or something, something like getting close to people or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, no, he's no. No, he wants to be her friend or something. Yeah. That's how I'm going to read this because what the fuck are they talking about? Like, there's no secret relationship that he's trying to fucking have right now. That, that's bullshit. I don't know. I don't also, accept Timothy that. Zahn really doesn't write a lot of like romances in general into his right. stories. It was so, it's just a throwaway line. It's so weird. I, when I was reading it though, I genuinely, I was, I thought, I found it really confusing, like line of dialogue, especially because I feel like the way he was written in the first book is so like, codependent on Thrawn like he is so like infatuated with what Thrawn's doing and like why doesn't Thrawn like me and like why isn't he paying attention to me and why isn't he doing this da, da. and then he goes oh he was ignoring me because he actually likes me because he wants me to get this promotion later on 20 years later not because he, he was doing this because he's mean to me because he likes me you know kind of bullshit that is the gayest fucking yeah. train of thought I've ever heard which is it's funny because my entire and life. Thrawn is Thrawn is literally like I'm literally just neurodivergent and a minor <laughs> <laughs> no but anyway this this book is a little bit different um and i i do feel like the thrawn eli relationship in this one kind of gets sidelined a lot like you just yeah. don't really feel it in this one as much like yeah. i there were moments where he's like oh again he's ignoring me because it's all part of the plan like he doesn't like me because it's part of the plan. Like it's, I just have to yeah. self, like it's I, self gaslighting. Yes, yeah. what it is. Well, and here, here's here's the thing. It only made it worse because, yes, it was like the worst thing I'd ever read, and I did want to kill myself. <laughs> I was like, I hate this. But then right after that, he has this like fucking spiral of like my crush. Senpai did not notice me. My crush did not. Know, and you're like, again, you have made this inadvertently gay. You you have made it worse. And then. Like, yeah, it didn't focus on it and whatever, but also we were just talking about how, like, we can't have two people in a room too much or else, like, they would have figured shit out. Number one, we know when Eli and Thrawn are together, they grow us their way into doing everything. Like, the plot of this book never would have happened if they, like, stayed together and, like, did things together. And also, if they had stayed together, I don't, and especially because they hadn't seen each other in a long time, I don't think Timothy Zahn would have known how to write it other than it being 
even gayer than it was before. Yeah. So, like, I, I literally think it was, like, to avoid it getting worse. <laughs> and here's the thing. It even did get... There, there's the one scene where he's like, again, Thrawn, you're a literally neurodivergent and minor. Eli is not even in the room. And, um, fucking... Who is... We do have another homosexual in this book. He oh, did write Ronan. another hom- Ronan, the yeah, most yeah, yeah, annoying really Ronan. Man but that's ever. a different this type of game. That is a yeah, very different type of game. He's funnier. sleeping his way to the top. He's he's oh, he's sleeping his way to the top. Funniest fuck character. I love that. Briar, is... But Briarly mm. Ronan says shit about Eli and Thrawn, who never loses his cool, whips around and is like, You fucking fool <laughs> and you're like <laughs> he's defending his man you're like um hello <laughs> and and i think he also has like again when he's not in there and this is also what i think about this every day i want you guys to know like you know how in the first book when um he talks about eli to hit to eli's pa- remember when he met eli's parents <laughs> um, remember when he talks to eli's parents and he's talking to him about how great eli is he does the same thing when he's talking to arlani and he's talking to his own family and he's talking about how great Eli is. And you're like, Timmy, that's on. You can't do this and then not have them talk to each other. Stop it. I hate you. Legitimately, I don't remember the rest of the plot of that book other than Unhi. Love that girl. <laughs> I do believe that, that this was the point in the story because my boyfriend also recently read all of the Thrawn and I was I was scrolling through my phone real fast trying to find the screenshots I took of the tweets for Twitter. I can't cannot find them but I do believe that this was the point where he pegged Eli Vanto as becoming a cat gay oh yeah I I do not remember the context for this (laughs) but he did determine that after Thrawn goes away Eli Vanto becomes a cat gay and acquires several cats this did not happen in canon but my boyfriend has decided it he does also Uh, acquire several children (laughs) That is also true. Oh, that's true. That is also true. That's another. That's see. That's another parallel that you'll learn is that both of them are really great with children. Um, and children like them for some reason. Children like Thrawn because they're like, oh my god, he's neurodivergent just like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're both really good with children, and you're like, we can't keep doing this to these on. I. I don't know if Riley Ronan is described as a twink in the books. But he is. Uh, like, there's no other. But I have chosen to imagine him. Claudia, have you watched Resistance? Of course. I, I'm one of the OG Resistance fans. I Okay. I, my first Star Wars podcast Bradley... was coming out when Resistance Wait, did was coming you, did out, you, please. Did you say OG Resistance fans or only Resistance fans? Now, hey Bradley, how about you shut the fuck up? Listen. <laughs> shut the Good fuck day, up. Lieutenant Vanto, you. Also, um, speaking of Good Day, Lieutenant Vanto, um, once you finish the Ascendancy books, um, there is a fan fiction by the god of our time, Wanton Whale, on AO3 called Good Day, Lieutenant Vanto. It's actually a part of the series that is, that's my canon. Lucasfilm, go to fucking hell. That is my (laughs) canon. I was going to say, (laughs) not to get into the uh, resistance, one day, one day, Bradley and I We'll do resistance and we will fight and it will be glorious. But I was going to say, I imagine Bradley Roan, all this to say, I imagine Bradley Roan is looking exactly like James Rucklin. Thank you and good night. (laughs) So that's funny. Looks like James Rucklin just with a cape. Yes. It's this little blonde fucking twink. 
Here's, with here's like the, the most annoying voice. Shout out to Elijah Wood for voicing him. <laughs> Elijah Wood voicing Riley Road. <laughs> swatting about in a cape like he's cosplaying director Critic. As Critic is like this. We we all agree that him and director Critic are fucking, right? Like, that's... Absolutely. Oh, we I all am, agree. I am definitely like under the impression now after reading all these books and stuff, like every single senior member of the Empire is just a gay man. Every yeah. single one. No, Claudia, do not. Do wait, not. Oh, oh, I know he where doesn't you're know? Going. I know where you're going. He doesn't know? He knows. He knows. I want to make the country boy gonna... joke. I want to make the we... country boy joke. Wait, wait. <laughs> I, wait. listen, I just read from a certain point of view. I can only deal with so much of this in We're talking my about life. gay imperial officers. We have to. <laughs> oh, are you talking about Tarkin being gay? <laughs> Yes. Oh no, he is one hundred percent a gay man. That's only because every okay. single so far, every okay. imperial is a gay man. Every single one. Yeah, they are. Every here's, imperial. Here's my toxic trait. Here's my toxic trait because I'll fight. I read of MSC six and men off the back of all the other short stories, oh my and God. my toxic trait is that I read the imperial officer in that story as being more consistent with how Maudie is characterized in the book Stop. than Tarkin, and I have. I can I can logically make this jump. I, I read that I was like, there's no fucking way. There's absolutely no way. I, I... <sighs> No, That's it's true. I think trait. I think they all are because it's funny because the way that they're all written in, especially in this one, it's all about like outdoing each other and trying to be the best or whatever. And it's like, yeah, every gay is like that. They're like all trying to be the best insta gay they can. Callous. And they're all doing the same things. And yeah, it's true. They all do. Well, Callus is different because he got the cyborgs. You know, he's definitely well, gay. But um. Thrawn, Thrawn and Cal, that was fruit on fruit violence. Like Thrawn yeah, and yeah. Ka- versus Cal, it was just Truly, literally fruit yes. on fruit violence. Yeah. No, and that's what's so funny about all this because especially since, um, uh, what is it, Ronan, he's, all, he's like, fuck Tarkin. He's such a fucking bitch. It's because he's fucking they're, like they're mean gay people they're, yeah, they're mean gays i mean they're just that, mean that, gays that was the origin of rupalp's pod race was actually it wasn't the imperials it was i was reading um thrawn son of uh, thrawn, oh my god i was reading maul son of dathomir maul is my other special little guy um and in that one like that's a clone work that never got to be made but then you have a bunch of like the villains that never have really never been in the same room before it's like dooku grievous maul palpatine um i want to say uh mother talzin are mother like talzin they're all in the, they're all in the same room together or whatever and they're all being literal bitches to each other that's and they're being so little weird. mean little sith gays to each other and i was like and that's where we started we started joking when we were like oh they're like dragging each other <laughs> like they're on drag yeah. um and um and then we were like, oh my god, Rue Palp Frax on, 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 um, on Mustafar. And that's that's how actually the podcast was born out of us making stupid little jokes about that comic. Because literally all of the villains, but then even when you get into the Empire era, they're literally all just fucking mean gays. Like yes. Price? Price is just a mean, a mean lesbian. Yes. Vi- so, so I need skipped to tell over a story. That. I, I need to tell a price. story. <laughs> so I, I have been clear about the fact that when I converted my boyfriend to Star Wars, which I have successfully done, the way I did it, I started him on Rebels. No. I did, oh, and it worked. I mean, Kalazeb. Kalazeb. It worked. Kalazeb was one of the reasons I picked Rebels. But I was like, watch this TV show with me. It'll be fine. He, my boyfriend watches Star Wars a particular way. He is very smart, and he can remember the names of the characters. He just does not care. 
That's so. That's so he awesome will play. assign them little nicknames. Thrawn is Blue Daddy. So true. Tarkin is Genocide Daddy. Oh which my I god. Hate. <laughs> okay. I believe Price was Evil Lesbian. So true. Exactly. And I was like, sir, that is a massive disservice to lesbians. So I think she she became turf bangs for a while. Yeah, she we call her turf bangs too. Well, and yeah. here's the thing is if if you've if you've read the Thrawn comic, you'd know that she does wear the Hannah Montana wig at some point. <laughs> she oh, does. Nice. She wears a Hannah Montana wig. I love that. That is what I dressed as for Halloween. I was priced with the Hannah Montana wig. <laughs> God, that's a deep cut. Um, but yeah, Jesus she Christ. but like literally when you're like, oh, who who in Star Wars would be a turf? Yeah, price. Price. Obviously. Price, I think Domina Tag. Absolutely. Absolutely, Absolutely. Domina Tag. Domina Tag is JK Rowling. <laughs> I was not gonna go there, but I'm just saying the way Domina Tag is drawn. Mm, you're like, mm, girly. We're There's getting too, we're getting parallels? too much. We're getting There's too parallels. much into the. I can't, I can't with that. You, you can't say. Bradley's giving me the. I don't know what the fuck her, you're talking you about. Look, I'm lost you now. We gotta say, get back to. Uh, you can't say her waist Jesus. is snatched like. <laughs> Bradley, when I when I do get around to finally finding a way to introduce you to comics because I'm struggling because they're very overwhelming, you will understand, Doctor Afra. And the glory that is the Alyssa Wong run She's on Dr. A... Afra. No, is, oh my god. It is glorious. Two characters that I wish could be Thrawn and Dr. Afra. Number one, two fruits hanging out. Two fruits who have questionable morals. And number two, they are both neurodivergent and a minor, unfortunately. All of the God damn. Uh, there is I want to circle back to a point that was made, I think, all the way back when we were talking about Thrawn. And and this is the final point that I want to go with. Okay. Before we we start wrapping things up. Yeah, here. we gotta wrap. <laughs> we can talk about. I very, for years. I very deliberately, because uh, I know I can talk about Star Wars for literally my entire life. Uh, I know Bradley could talk about Star Wars for literally his entire life, uh, and I specifically picked a guest who I know could talk about Thrawn for her entire existence. <laughs> so I knew this would happen, but I do want to bring up sort of the ending and how it's it's implying because claudia i believe said that there's a thrawn original trilogy and then they go back into a thrawn prequels and rather like the high republic high republic brain rot shout out to the worms that live in my head it feels like treason's kind of setting up another something yeah for sure something is happening they do not resolve the grists at all i'm hoping to fucking god I'm hoping if if that's I'm hoping I'm praying I am if that's never resolved in some way I mean Charles you've read you've read Mid High Rising I have you know that part of the end where 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 uh, Yoda walks in with that person and all the bandages I was like is that a risk <laughs> that what was I Vulcan <laughs> transmissions I think I was listening to they brought that up. Yeah, they got they got it from me because I started screaming in the Discord. I was like, "It's not a grisk," and I was like, "Claudia, you always think it's a grisk." <laughs> oh, did I, I? You don't know this, but I, my theory for the Ahsoka show is that's what it's about. I, that, I hope to God. I that's to what God it's, that's it's what it's actually about. about. It's about the grisks. That's what Listen, the Ahsoka show is about. You need to read the Ascendancy books quickly because <laughs> your your brain is about to be connecting things at ninety miles an hour. Also, chop, chop. you're gonna <laughs> go back and listen to this episode, and you're gonna be like, "Damn." They just said all of the things, 
And I did not get You're going to be like, I've connected the dots. I've connected the, <laughs> connected dots. the dots. Like, no, well, and here's the other thing also is that if you if you read the Thrawn books, you read especially the Ascendancy books, and then you read the High Republic, you're like, hmm, there is there was a commonality here. There There's something here that it's all about navigation. It's all about navigation, isn't it? It's all about navigation. There's, not, there are dots being... Mari, not, Mari Rowe, not Vernestra Rowe being sent to the Chiss Ascendancy. Vernestra Rowe, are you skywalking? Quickly. <laughs> Vernestra Rowe. Also, huge shout... I mean, I also do love how these books do connect to Rebels. Like, um, Zeb and then Kanan and Ezra helping him. I mean, he's skywalking. Like, that's that's what he's doing. Or, like, there's, there's like... They're all, I love all the connections there. Um, But I'm just like... It all, it's all connecting. Mar- Mari, San- Mari Santeca, Mari Santeca, quickly, are you a Pathfinder? Quickly, Mari Santeca. Are there Santecas in the, the Chaos the, the chaos Pathfinders Guild? Quickly. Markian, why, why did your father, or, or your, I guess, grandmother, uh, name the Nile Path Drives that? Quickly. Quickly, I quickly. have to know. Quickly, have, do have, have any of you been to the Chiss Ascendancy? I need to know. <laughs> Please. Uh, the second that we get a mention or a, a, just a whiff of anything from the Chiss Ascendancy in the High Republic, that is when I will pass away, pass on, fucking drop dead. They will put, <laughs> listen, they will put one fucking line in one of these books, <laughs> and you five motherfuckers <laughs> will do an entire hour and a half episode on it. <laughs> Oh, I no. know y'all. You, you will know, here's, do it. Here's my thing. I'm like, you're talking about families who work in shipping and navigation. Where is the Vanto family in the High Republic? Where are they? Where is Eli Vanto's family? Quickly. Where are they? In wild space? Where are they? I've connected the dots. Anyways, <laughs> I, I did go I did go on a tangent. Anyway, all I'm gonna say, I... Bradley, is that you are gonna you are about to your brain you're gonna have a Jimmy Neutron brain blast and you're gonna you're gonna connect <laughs> so many fucking dots and you're gonna be like my eyes are fucking fully open. My eyes are open. My eyes like, are open. Bradley's, gonna, Bradley's gonna, gonna enter his Skywalker era. He's he's going to begin to see all of yeah. the paths. You're gonna be like you're gonna be like, I see the paths before they happen. D- Dave Falloon, oh you can't fucking trick me, bitch. You can't. I'll be watching gonna... the Ahsoka show and being like <sighs> I I Where do I love it. I do love it, I will say, because this has been happening a lot recently. Yeah. Um, one of my things with Star Wars media is I think Star Wars media is at its best when the people that are making it have a conversation with Good each God. other yes. while they are doing it. Not to put any particular movies on blast that I don't think talk to the story group maybe as much as they should have and maybe should have double-checked some things before they put it in the movie. But I will say times when, like, not to put other movies on blast, but when they have things from video games that are also in development at the same time and they just put them in the movie. uh, Or, like, well, recently, I'll do an example where I can actually, like, say names. Recently, so Queen's Hope just came out. And Queen's Hope, mild spoilers for queen's hope queen's hope does is like literally the end of attack of the clones into the first couple of days of the clone wars like it's like the first week of the clone wars okay it's when this book takes place ek johnson who's the writer did say that she had talked to mike chen who is writing the forthcoming brotherhood novel about obi-wan and anakin during kind of the same time period 
and that they had design scenes to work in tandem or, and I never saw Claudia's reaction to this, so I'm going to say it without spoiling it for Bradley. Greg Pak, I think, who's writing the current Darth Vader comics and E.K. Johnston I saw had that. conversations. I saw that. And the current run of the comics is about Sabe and Vader and that whole dynamic between the two of them. Uh, so they actually had conversations with how to synergize Queen's Hope with the current run. It's very yeah. rewarding to read both of them. And I think it's really neat, especially in Thrawn Treason, because you literally have scenes from Rebels that show up again in Thrawn Treason. Exactly. And you get like Thrawn's point of view on it. And so you understand when you read it, and then he comes back and he's fucking pissed because he's been working with Eli Vanto, his fucking boyfriend. He's been working with Arlani. He's been working with the Chiss and he comes back and Arenda Price has burned everything to the ground. It's literally- Destroyed his fuel reserves. And then it's literally like, what if we throw a party? Obviously he's going to be pissed about it. I would fucking kill her. Like I'd be done. Like you- he, he barely even, no- he like, if you notice when you watch that episode of Rebels, he barely even notices that she is fucking torturing Hera. He's like, okay, I guess. He's like, you have anything to tell me? And she's like, no, fuck you. And he's like, yeah, clearly. Anyways, okay, have at it, I guess. Whatever. He's like, if this is how it's going to fucking be. Like, <laughs> you're like, he has given up. He has given yeah. up. <laughs> like, and so true. So would I. It's like, he comes back and he's like, then he leaves and he gets to hang out with his boyfriend. He comes back and he's like energized and ready to go and... He comes back and Price's lost Hera, blown up the fuel depot, and just fucked Literally. Everything. Literally. And he's like, oh, uh, but we killed a Jedi. And he's like, that literally is like the bottom of my priority list. Right. Also, also, if you, if you, I mean, if you're going by what happens in Thrawn, whatever, like, he first offers to send Night Swan to the Chess Ascendancy. I fully believe he would have offered to send Hera. 100%. Like, like, and when he asked Night Swan, he kind of knew that Night Swan would say no because he of his, like, moral beliefs. And I think the same thing with Hera. But, like, he's the one who says that Hera, like, he's like, yeah, she's kind of one of the only people who could even come close to outsmarting him. And and who she has... Uh, she's a girl boss. She can literally do anything. She can outfly Vader. She can outsmart Thrawn. What can she do? Um, but, like, he definitely would have offered for her to go to the Chissa Sunday. And that's why, like, especially... And he's also... He's also a little fascinated with force users. So for them to find out you killed the only Jedi and possibly the person that I might have sent to the Chisasundi and you fucked up my entire TIE Defender project, you're done. I was gone for a week. And we find out from like, he's talking to Palpatine and Palpatine's like, yeah, we're going to capture the other one. Palpatine's going to get Ezra now. Uh, and oh, by the way, we're gonna have a real long fucking talk. Yeah, about, about you. No, yeah. he got the he got the message from your boss of like, hey, can we talk with like no, like the Slack message from your boss that has like no. Hey, hey, can we talk like in my office with no, no HR present? He got the he got the just the email that was just a calendar invite, but it's blank from his boss, and he was like, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> He's like, oh fuck, <laughs> like that's why like where Ezra he's like Ezra's like I don't know I guess where we're going and he's like you know what fuck it fine I, I'm I'm good I'm done all right it's I also I love the narrative idea of 
being like what is this third book it happens during rebels and during this very specific part of like there's parts of this book where you're like oh Caden's fucking dying right now (laughs) if you think about what's happening at the same time it's it's just a very interesting narrative thing to be like oh let's do this story that's in media rest but there's like so much going on here um it's very interesting it's very interesting i don't know there's a lot of star wars media that does that usually it's like before or after something you know what i mean I mean, there might be something and I'm forgetting. I've read a lot of Star Wars books that I can't remember. So as as we wrap up here, Bradley, uh, I'll let you you go first since you were the one that was approaching this is having read it for the first time. Do you have any final thoughts on the the, the Thrawn trilogy as a whole? Yeah, I, I think like what you touched on, what you guys touched on earlier was like the first book is so good just because of the perspective like that it's coming from i mean it just and it genuinely i do feel it was genuinely written as this kind of semi romance novel which is so fascinating to me because i don't think we've ever gotten that in star wars before other than just anakin i love padme you know and it's just our man and was our man oh well, you, you I, I haven't don't, gotten I don't there count I don't well count before that. we haven't gotten it <clears throat> up um, to this point some, some right, people, right right some people might say lost stars but i well like i said that's an really episode the only, for another day <laughs> the only true true romance that we've gotten in star wars canon and by this point when this book is being written essentially is is essentially anakin and padme lolling and fub you know and blame you know what i mean like whatever straight people falling in love i don't care this and especially since it's like a i gotta keep your my babies kind of thing thrawn is just t- like the first time i've ever either read something in star wars or like felt like oh my god there's genuine gay characters in Star Wars. Like I, I genuinely feel like this is the first time I've ever felt like that. And I'm talking about in all of Star Wars media. And I, when I say all Star Wars media, I mean the TV shows and the the movies because I don't obviously consume that much other media. Even more um, than like, Eh, I mean, that's this just... came out. This came out technically. This came out between, I think, seasons one and no seasons. Yeah. This... Yeah, this came out before Kalazep really This was off. around Kalazep. Oh, okay. This was around Honestly, when it was starting. This is before the honorable ones. There well, we go. That's well, what I was I lo- looking for. The way I look at it is, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a monster fucker like Charles, so I don't necessarily like think of Kalazep as like a thing on <gasps> like on a daily wrong, basis. But how dare but you? I can kind of I can kind of see it now in post, you know, world, but as of like this kind of thing, this is the first time I ever truly felt like, oh, there's there's some kind of gay relationship in Star Wars. And I think that's why I like, it made me like Thrawn more because I already liked him before. This was like, when just if you, I just had Rebels with him and it was like, I never saw him as gay. I never saw him as anything other than just the villain. And I've always, I just always love villains. And he is a good villain, but now he's a better villain because he's gay. um um, and he's not empire has diverse hiring practices right it's not like it's not like queer coded like most like disney villains usually are and like star wars villains is a different kind of coding and so that's why like this is the first time i've read like a villain where he wasn't queer coded before and now when i read him in the book i'm like oh that is a gay man and i know it for a fact in my soul and I love that. Um, I also just these, I think these three books are just a good, like, it's not, they're not super hard. Like, I don't want to say they're like young adult novel because they're definitely not young adult novel, but you know what I mean? Like they're the, the level of 
education you need to read these books is not like you don't need to know everything about Star Wars to read these books. Yeah. And I think like you need I think you need like a basic level of knowledge, but it's like you can enjoy them without having to be like, I know exactly what happened in, you know, this movie and then that movie and then that TV show. You just kind of have a base idea. Even if you don't even watch Rebels, you can still enjoy this. And I think that's what's nice about these books. But overall, amazing little mini series we're getting here. Um, I I do flip flop because I told you before, I, I always think in terms of can you make this a TV show? And I flip flop on what I want to be the TV show that is Thrawn, whether that is these three novels or the Ascendancy novels, because I'm already kind of halfway through the first Ascendancy novel. um, And I... (laughs) Oh, no. I I briefly... No, no, you... No, you haven't told me this. Oh, sorry. Um, You... Bradley, you motherfucker! You Wait, did you it know again. all the people that we're talking about? You know about some macro? Bradley, you did it again! You, <laughs> the second, first of all, we've first been of talking all, this the whole time, and you time. know who some macro is? The second fucking time you did this, and it's our second episode with a Rupalps host, and you did this shit again. <laughs> he's he's you gaslighting. He's gatekeeping. He's gold squadron gay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I didn't intentionally gaslight you all. Um, <laughs> I I did uh, unintentionally keep that information for you. I thought I did tell you. Um, that's my bad. Um, yeah, I'm halfway through the first. Thrawn one. moment. Uh, I I am booking. I am. Bo- I don't even care. I when dude, my contract ends. I'm I am booking you, my flight. Meet me in the fucking parking lot, Bradley. I I meet forty chest the shit out of these three books. I'm sorry. Quickly, quickly. Where are you in the book, and who have you met so far? Mm. I'm on chapter nine. Oh, I don't remember what that is. So I also listen uh, to the audiobook. I don't remember. I don't know. I can really tell you what's happening. It doesn't have like I just, a little thing. I right. just gotta ask you this. Does some macro not give you the impression of the Shh. you know the song, the I kinda wanna thank him, I kinda wanna punch him out, I kinda wanna push him up against the wall, kinda wanna buy him around. That's some macro, right? <laughs> like where he's like, I hate this guy, and like, you know, you wanna fuck him. <laughs> Like it is clear. <laughs> anyway, I, I I couldn't tell you who like I because I like I said I don't. There's really a lot of names. Di- There's a lot. I don't. Of names. Yeah, I don't digest the names necessarily until the very end of the book because then I'm like, oh, that person, that person, that person. Like I know who the, Arlani is. I knew who the guy. Like, you know the guy. The guy who Thrawn stole his job, who's like pissy all the time. And he's like, Ugh, I hate it here. He stole my job. I almost said he has <laughs> massive tits, and then I remembered that's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> He does have massive tits. Is that actually in the book? (laughs) I don't know about that. Um, Although, although speaking of horrible jokes that I immediately (laughs) thought, is it is it Zistalmu that Thurfian is like? Oh my god, have you met Thurfian and Zistalmu yet? If we're talking about gay people, oh my god! Again, I don't know. Speaking of Timothy Zahn, right? Accidentally writing gay people. I've said this before. Like, so in Thrawn twenty seventeen, like he writes this beautiful love story that you're talking about. And then you read the Ascendancy novels and you're like, this man accidentally wrote gay people again. But these people are even gayer somehow. They come together, they come together just through the hatred of Thrawn. <laughs> they are so homosexual. They are literally, they're so gay. <laughs> like, they're I, I two old gay say, men. <laughs> I was gonna say that if you remove 
the shipping dynamic of it. Yeah, they're, uh, they're just the, two old gay the, friends. Their relationship as as two gay men who don't like each other but have come together for a common purchase does give me Gold Squadron vibes. <laughs> They they have or, or they have the vibe of like the two old the keep two old guys mind. from the Muppets. That's kind of what they are, except if they uh, were equal. Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Or um, I fucking hate. Oh wait, okay, wait. We I got. We got. They're they're Stamu. They're I'm gonna I'm gonna jam my finger into the the dam that is uh, <laughs> the ascendancy conversation. We can't talk about their Stamu okay. right now. We're not ready for this yet. Anyways. I'm not ready to talk about it too much yet. But my point no, is. Yeah, I wanted to know. I was actually going to ask, you, like, w- including all those things, like, w- like, do you think your opinion is going to change once you about whether you want it to be a movie or a TV show? Like, once you yeah. So what I think is what I'm getting from at least what I've read so far in the ascendancy novels versus what I've read in Thrawn books. I think the the Thrawn the three Thrawn books that we've just talked about. I think those would make a great little like. I mean, they're not so connected i don't know if it would make a good tv show because they're not connected enough to where i'm like it's one after the other you know there's too much stuff that's happening in other content that would like mess it up i think the thrawn first thrawn book would be a great little novel and then they would have to write a whole brand new thing after that like it can't be it would have to be the thing that follows well what i mean is like okay so if thrawn book one is season one then Thrawn season two has to be book four. Does that make sense? Yeah. You have to jump to the end of the other two books. You can't include any of the Rebels stuff, the timeline, all that stuff. Like that all has to be like just book. And then the second season of Thrawn, air quotes, is has to be a time jump to the unmade fourth book that they were kind of setting up at the end of this. If that makes sense. Yeah. If they made it a TV show. You would have to like take elements from treason and jam it onto the beginning of that. Yeah, because it just doesn't work. I I don't think like especially the second book. You know, actually, actually, this is maybe not be a thing that you're familiar with. Um, the trade off to me forcing my boyfriend to watch all of Star Wars ever is I now have to watch uh, all of the anime. Nice. And one thing. That nice. he has introduced me to is the concept of the between season movie. Oh yeah! So you have seasons, <gasps> and that, then you have a movie would be... where they fuck off. That would be that alliances. Would be... No, and th- that would just be the part of alliances that's in the Clone Wars. Yes. Yes. So okay, they just so like fuck off and do that. Okay, so this is how I'm gonna relate it. This will be a really good example. Okay, so season one of Thrawn is Wandavision. It's its own thing. It's a really cool thing. And then you do Multiverse of Madness, which is Alliances. It's its own movie. It comes out. It's a thing. And that way you can have Hayden Christensen come back, play Anakin. It'll be really cool. Then Natalie Portman come back. It'll be amazing. You go back and forth. And then you can have Young Thrawn and Old Thrawn. So you can have a really hot guy play Young Thrawn as the younger version. And then you can have the older one. I think you're projecting again, Lieutenant Vanto. But also the age, the the age like difference, like it's not that long. I know, but enough that I don't want it to be the old guy who's going to play him in a soda. If that makes sense, we <laughs> the guy who's the actual play voice actor. Long. We'll it's talk. A... We'll talk about this off camera. Well, uh, also, I've heard some things. Okay. Also, but yeah, also, um, I'll be very interested to see what you say about this 
with what you're saying right now of how you're thinking of it conceptually, I'll be very interested what you say once you read the Ascendancy books because there's so much in the Ascendancy books that then makes I like when I finished Lesser Evil, I wanted to go read Treason again because there was shit I was like, oh, this is it all makes sense now. All connects. Gotcha. So all, like that there's clearly an overarching that kind of overarching story that we were talking about, yeah. whatever. There's a clearly that overarching story. And then there's um, not only because it's like the rise and fall of him or whatever, but also like an overarching kind of story, because mm. when we see like Arlani and the Chisendency keep coming back, or whatever, like that's. That is the overall story is really about the ascendancy, not even about Thrawn. Right. Um, and it's just like through his eyes and through his story. So, but there's there's like there's that piece, but then there's also the piece of like the different like there's the different eras of his life. Obviously, when he's in the ascendancy, and then there's like when he's with Eli, and then there's the like so no Eli, <laughs> like his his the era of him without Eli is almost like the descent kind of kind of mm. era it's his vader era where we see him with vader in in alliances then we right. see him and then treason is treason is basically like an extra episode of rebels it's like the throne right episode it's of the rebels, long episode or of really or or arc of rebels like that would almost be like if you if you turned the 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 last two seasons of rebels the thrawn parts into the last like and you put that stuff in at least this is how i would do it you would put that stuff in with the rest of his time in the empire actually it's so cool that we're having this discussion because my partner and i were just discussing is it a good thing or not that they're splitting the wicked movie into two parts and i often do compare alphabet with with the uh, with thrawn however she is the mm. opposite she did become an anti-fascist he did become Be a fascist between between but... this and supernatural please stop bringing up things that i was super into when i was in high school it is giving me an existential <laughs> crisis listen, i do want to die listen listen if, if you get too much into sometimes after i read the, read the thrawn books i did make like sad little playlists and there was a lot of wicked on there like listen if, if you look at the lyrics to for good from wicked i and then swear you, and to then you, god and i knew this was the song if you look at the lyrics to for good from wicked and then you look at that ending paragraph of thrawn 2017 you were gonna I, cry you're gonna scream you're gonna throw up um <laughs> however I'm, I'm putting that aside of like we were talking basically about how how would they split um wicked into two parts and i was like well it clearly it could be like her ascent and then like defying gravity and then like after that and yeah. i was like it, it could very much be like that with thrawn where it's if you're gonna put it in three parts you're gonna have like him like before he comes to the empire you're gonna have his time like going coming up in the empire that could be a whole story whatever and then you're gonna have his descent time in the empire which then would include the parts in rebels because that's like pretty much the end and treason because that's the like, end of that whatever uh and i'm like <laughs> and it would be just like the wicked movie personally yeah, no personally, I, i'm fine with part me. one and part two personally if it were me here's how i would do it <clears throat> i would do the first book as a limited series I would do it very much how the comic did it. It does a little story and then he advances and then we cut off and then we pick up a yeah. little bit later. That's how I'd structure that. Season two, when I was adapting alliances, I would pull all of the Anakin and Thrawn stuff out and I would do it as a between season movie. And then season yeah. two, I would go back and forth between Thrawn and Vader and Eli and the Chiss Ascendancy. Oh, and it's both of fuck. them without each other oh my trying God. to okay. reconcile. And then season That's three- That's a love story. Then like season that. three, I would have like a moment where they almost meet up again at the end of that season. And then they don't for some reason. Season three- I would do like, because it takes place over like seven days, right? Or something like that. Yeah. I would kind of twist things a little bit 
and do another limited series and have each day be its own episode. Oh, man. Interesting. And any, th- any days that we had any downtime, I would use to flesh out the characters. Also, also... This is how that, I would adapt it. The part that you said about, like, showing uh, Eli in the Ascendancy, because I read a lot of fan fiction, yeah. and there's some real good shit out there. Um, My friend who wrote the really good Dinluke fan fiction did just write a Theranto one, and I'm about to go fucking crazy... That being said, when you read the Ascendancy books, you find so many parallels between Thrawn and Eli, and you're like, holy shit. Um, It would be very cool if the part covering the Ascendancy trilogy, and then you have direct, you like put in direct parallels of Eli's time and his struggle within the Ascendancy to Thrawn's time within the Ascendancy, and you, you do, it's like poetry rhyme stuff. It's like I love did that. listen did Eli Vanto take meet, Arlani to an art did, gallery? Oh no, <laughs> no! Don't do this to me. No, did Arlani take Eli Vanto to an art gallery? <laughs> no, he actually they actually went clubbing all together. Like because they definitely actually went clubbing. Did, they went to they went to a did nearby. Eli Vanto meet Thalius? Quickly, Timothy, I need to know. Here's a here's a fun here's a here's a fun thing is that in pretty much every fan fiction, they're like, oh yeah, Eli and Samacro, they either become friends or they initially hate each other or they do fuck. Um (laughs) or all of those things, or they're like they're they're or they're like friends with benefits because they both like both of their lives are kind of fucked over by Thrawn. And I'm like, every everything about that. The final thought that I sort of have, and, and then we'll get Claudia's, is so sorry for talking about Samacro again. Interesting, interesting to me that the Thrawn book fandom, specifically of these six books in one comic, is like its own little sub fandom inside nothing, nothing except the High Republic after has been like this. And I truly believe that the idea of Chiss fans. And fans of this particular series carving out their own thing. And we're like, no, we're, we're going to love all of Star Wars, but we're going to be fucking obsessed, obsessed with these books. Truly set the stage for the High Republic fandom to be a thing. Yeah, well, and I, they're all High I, Republic fans. Too. Well, and also a lot of them are Marshawn Row fuckers because he's also blue. Personally, <laughs> it has been well documented. Um <laughs> <laughs> that I will ride just about anything in the Star no, Wars universe. Not Marshawn. Uh, no, he is, uh, he is I, straight. I would is, fuck him anyway. He is straight, unfortunately. Uh, he can close his eyes. I, I personally, I don't think that man likes anything. Um, <laughs> um, even women. I, to be I, fair. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut because I have protected Bradley from some things. Oh no. We will. We will get there when we get there. Claudia. Marcian. Do you have any final thoughts overall? Final, final thoughts. Final, final, <laughs> final thoughts. I, I realized I did invite you on specifically I because was I was happen, like, so. I was I'm... like, damn, who can I invite on that knows Thrawn like the back of her hand? That's, hmm. a, that's a funny thing is I've never read any of the Legends books. Um, and I... I guess you have something new to do later on. No, but here's the thing. I don't, I don't want to, because that's my special little guy. And I, 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 here's, here, this is actually an interesting fact is that when asked about it, Timothy Zahn has, people are like, oh, did you write him differently? Whatever. And he's like, you know, barring the like plot consistencies and stuff like that, it like inconsistencies, whatever. He's like, I tried very much to make them 
the same character and like what you know barring like what they wanted me to write and where I could be writing like I I tried not to like overlap things too much so that like those those characters they can work seamlessly together other than like the other stuff that's happening in the galaxy that is a little bit different so like they are supposed to interlock together I just can't reconcile that in my brain um like that's not my beautiful you know that's like that's not my beautiful house that's not my beautiful wife like it's like that um he's my special little guy and I, I can't I'm like you know what I'm cool with that I, I'll just go reread Thrawn 2017. The events of Outbound Flight yes. are literally referenced in Chaos Rising yes. and when I read about the Zagari pirates. Oh in in well and in, in Lesser Evil too. Well oh Lesser Evil no you think you were hurt. Yeah I know. You think I, I know. you were hurt. So, by the I, events of Lesser Evil. I, I was like reading I considered reading up on flight first, but like I couldn't get through all the other bullshit in it. So I was like, nah, I guess I won't. I'll just there is, Lesser Evil. There is a scene. I will not spoil it. I think there I There is I think a I read scene, it. but you know what scene in oh. Lesser Evil that literally matches up. Clearly, they are somewhat different slightly. Yeah. Because to, to be honest, explaining he, he the purpose. scene explaining the scene in outbound flight requires explaining most of the plot but i read that scene in lesser evil and it it literally was like listening to an episode of the mystery spotcast it crowbarred into my life <laughs> fucking oh, no, propelled God. me back to being like 16 17 years old reading the exact same scene oh. in outbound flight and i'm like damn the only difference now between the pain I'm feeling for this character is I am recognizing that I am gay and slightly into him. <laughs> that is the only difference between 16-year-old me and 31-year-old me reading this book. I do, I can now recognize that I have a mild crush on this character, like, but the pain oh no. is exactly the same. Oh, man. I... I, I was gonna read it and then I was like I couldn't get through the other stuff I couldn't get through it in time before like we got the ARC of it and I was like all right I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it and whatever and I know that it would have hurt me physically lesser evil is um it's an emotional journey there's it goes <laughs> but speaking of the mystery spot cast uh <sighs> Claudia do you do you want to plug your pluggables remind the people where they can find you yes um, so I'm on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says, yes, it is misspelled on purpose. Um, I'm on TikTok, which is like kind of my biggest platform, although I tweet all day long, mostly about Thrawn. Um, <laughs> that's not true. I tweet about a lot of things. Um, and, um, but I have two podcasts. I am on RuPalp's Pod Race. Our next episode is going to be our one year anniversary special, which Ooh, nice. we- our first episode we premiered like with the Bad Batch. So like the Bad Batch first episode came out on May the 4th last year. And so ours came out like we turned it around in like two days. It came out on like May 6th. So the Sunday following that will be May 8th. So that's when nice. we wrap it. So like we're I think we're recording it on Sunday. Um, and then so it's going to our next episode is going to be our one year anniversary special. And like we're trying to make it so that like um, anybody can listen because we know that we're probably going to get a lot of new listeners like with the obi-wan kenobi show like whenever there's a live action show that's when people are very interested in star wars and then we get a lot of right and people start stuff. listening to your stuff so yeah. it's a good place to we start see the same people, metrics yeah if people if, if that's a good like it because we're we're doing an oops all bits episode um a thing that we do on rip pod race is fun little 
cursed little games. Um, and so for this episode, and we've done it before, we're going to do only the little games and also answer some questions um, so that you can kind of get to know us a little bit and what we're all about and the stupid little games that we play um, when we're not having large discussions about fascism every week. <laughs> RuPaul is wild because it, it can literally go from like fucking Gen Z millennial speak to here's a deep episode of or deep like conversation about the fucking fascism politics in the Ryloth arc of the Bad Batch. And oh, like, my oh my god! Oh my god! Wild one. Um, but yeah. So uh, that I work. I do that podcast, and then one of my co-hosts from Rupalps, Ollie. We do have our Curse Supernatural podcast. Um, I was one of the few people who continued to watch Supernatural as it was airing. Um, I, I It was a sunk cost fallacy for me where I was like, um, I've wasted this much time. Might as well. I guess I just like trash. Uh, I'm not enjoying myself, but all right. And it was very much like, I've wasted this much time. I just want to find out what the fuck happens. Like, I, I'm just in it. I'm in it to the end kind of deal. Um, and that was kind of whatever. And then I had a friend who actually started worked on the show eventually and I was just there to support her. Um, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to use that as an excuse. I'm there to support her. Absolutely. Um, so I, I was I was watching it and I was watching it in real time when Destiel when uh Destiel was canon. Um, no, but uh so I watched it till the end. Um Ollie like, stopped watching around maybe season nine, ten, maybe something like that. So um for the one year anniversary of Destiel, we were like, huh, what if we <laughs> what if we made a supernatural podcast? And we were like, Are we crazy? And we decided to do that. So the point of it is that we we are rewatching Supernatural for the first that. time since Destiel is canon. Looking at all of it, knowing that Destiel is canon, what what does that bring? Um, and we're watching it so that other people don't have to. Um, so you don't have to know anything about Supernatural. Um, actually, don't watch it. Like that's that is the goal. <laughs> um, you don't have to know anything about Supernatural. We basically go through. We do two episodes per our episode, and um, we just <laughs> tell you what the fuck happened and uh, why it's important and sometimes we go on very long tangents about castiel um even though he's not even there yet we're on season he doesn't even show up until like (laughs) we are on season one and they'll be like they mentioned god or angels once and we're like bro you're like oh my god they're gonna start doing the apocalypse bradley and i bradley and i have joked i don't know if we've made this joke on (laughs) air but we have also joked about doing a teen wolf watch podcast that's so i feel like I feel like Mystery Spotcast <laughs> is the vibe that that would be. Oh, it has to yeah. be the same thing. We decided to yeah. do that. It's like a yeah. hate watch, but like you love it. Yeah. There's Which a, there, there's we a will Glee not. podcast. There's a Glee podcast that's like that. They're on yes, I've heard the of that one. They're so funny. And, um, but yeah, this is, it's a, it's a rewatch podcast so that you never have to. Because Supernatural is bad. And it's not like bad in a good way, like Star Wars is. It's bad right. in a. It's, it's a CW yeah. way. <laughs> R.I.P. Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman, you will be missed. Um, oh yeah, they just canceled those today. Yeah, um, not surprised uh, at all. The CW is going down the tubes. I I have those two podcasts. I'm on TikTok all the time, um, and uh, I believe I believe that's I believe that's all there is that I only have. Thank thank you for well, thank you for having me. Um, thank you for everything. <laughs> thank you for coming on to our uh, unhinged, deranged tangenty show right. oh my god uh, same <laughs> you would think you would think with just two of us uh that we could keep on fucking topic no uh, but i promise you yeah. we, we cannot 
When when uh, me and Ollie record Mystery Spotcast, we have to talk about Thrawn for an hour before we record. So I get it. I understand. It has been an absolute delight. Uh, I know that we did try to get you on an earlier episode and it didn't work out, but this is probably the best outcome. This was the best option. Yeah, this is the best option. I I apologize. Bradley, I do apologize for blowing your minds with uh, (laughs) that one fact. No, trust me. It's going to be so great when I finally finish these books. So, Um, Uh, As as we wrap up here, before we run the socials card, uh, I am going to say in honor of Rupalp's pod race, the same as we did when Mel was on, good luck and don't criff it up. Waka waka. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gates. Did Charles fuck something up? Email us and let us know at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at goldsquadgaze and you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at goldsquadrongaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post this podcast as well as exclusive video content. Please join us next week and every week for another episode of Gold Squadron Gaze. Hey, dumbass, I'm doing the intro this time. We still have to say our names. <laughs> I know we still I have, have the to thing say recorded. Our... Let me let me handle this, okay? okay I'm, you gonna, handle, I'm gonna do you the intro. It. I'm gonna do the I think we got our end clip right up at the very beginning. <laughs> but you know that when I put the recording in there, it's going to say, I'm your host, Bradley Brower, and cut to whatever you feel like you're about to start saying. Okay, so I'll I'll dive in as, <laughs> as if you did. Okay, I see what you want to do. We're, we're professionals, Claudia. We know exactly <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs>